Hi, my name is Nerdy Knightley, and I would like to use Kalendor, but I only have one wife. So, if you would like to help me use Kalendor, we would like for you to reach out to us, join a thruple with us, link up so that I can safely use the last super dangerous Tarongrill on the planet. I can't do it with only one woman. I need two. That is the excuse that I'm making for the future threesomes that I will be having. Thank you so much for your time. I will see you after these titles. That is right. Welcome back to the nerdy. The wordy. The book club. My name's Nerdy. And I'm Clubroom. And this is the full book recap for The Gathering Storm, the 12th book in The Wheel of Time. The yeah. 13th book that we've read. Yeah, I uh, just want to put it on record that I didn't know that um, that was the intro we were going with today. But uh, uh, you know what? I'm not surprised. Nobody is at this point. Come on, that was fun. No, no, that was very funny. That was a funny. good bit. That, that was very funny. It helps that we have a pretty... Dope calendar. Yes, we do. Look at that. Dangerous yeah. ladies in Toronto. She can't even get it all in frame. They did an That's excellent job said. making this for us, and we're very grateful. Yeah, we're going to hang it under the map over there of Randland. Yeah. What's up, Chad? How What's you doing? What's up, Chad? How you doing? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a full book recap, a stream at the end of a book where we talk about the book. Uh, <laughs> and mostly just answer your questions, talk about some Bed Bond Bale fires. Mm-hmm. We'll rank it. We'll, we'll put it in a list. We'll try and remember our rankings of previous books, mm-hmm. um, which I think I can mostly get right, but I don't know. Mm, questionable. Uh, I don't remember when anything happens. Also, no. Blue, I'm so sorry. I personally apologize for that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, good morning. Uh, Clarus, mm-hmm. how you doing? I'm good. Good. We got some friends. Yeah. So uh, in you, town. if you remember, uh, if you're a longtime watcher of the pod, uh, my buddy Robbie has flown up for the weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, and so my voice is a little shot because we were at Canada's, Canada's Wonderland, Wonderland yesterday and I was times. doing a little yell yell on the roller coasty. Uh-huh. I was doing a little woo woo and going roller coasty woo woo. You know what I mean? And it was a good time. We were having a blast. Uh, it's very fun. If you've never been to Canada's Wonderland, I highly recommend it. Uh, yes, good yeah. times, good times. They've got like the steepest roller coaster dive in North America or whatever. It's fucking fantastic. Arzuka um, Chef of Porn, thank you so much for gifting five nerdy nightly memberships. Thank you, Arzu. I appreciate that. Cheers to you, my friend. <laughs> um, yeah, so. so yeah, Fair to Wound, I was going full. Ooh, ooh. Nailed it. Uh, Blue. Oh my God, it's a battle. They're battling it out again. It must be Friday. Thank you, Blue. It must. It must be. Uh, Blue, thank you for five gifted memberships. I appreciate that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Some of you might remember Robbie popped in in one yeah. of our book four book clubs because we were in Calgary. Robbie has finished The um, Wheel of Time. Yes. Uh, he knows who killed Asmodian. He knows who killed Asmodian. I so. still fucking don't, Brando. Um, it, Brando it's probably Sando. Varen. Probably Varen. It probably Varen, was Varen. Honestly. At this point. But, uh, yeah, at this what, point. What didn't Varen do in this franchise? She's just carrying the whole thing. She's like, I'm too old for this shit. Give me that poison. Um, yeah. Isn't Canada's Wonderland just what you call your bedroom? No, that's too long. <laughs> no, it's too long. Too long. Too yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta shorten it somehow. Like, there's, there, yeah. It's, that's a mouthful, you know? Yeah, no, Canada's Wonderland is uh, child-friendly. Our bedroom is not. Uh, <laughs> our bedroom is an adult-only space. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Call it the dungeon. But it's on the top floor. Doesn't mean it can't be a dungeon. Jesus Christ. And I am the dungeon master. Uh, Clarus. Uh-huh. Clarus, we, we've we've had a lot go on in the last week. It's been a big week. What? It's been a fun week. What you talking about? Um, We finally announced our final member of the Roleplay Relay. Yeah, I mean, you guys heard it first. but it's uh, And so we are going to be um doing a big stream on Monday. Uh, guys, we are launching... Kickstarter on Monday for the roleplay relay. Oh, you're Book Club gets it first. That's All how right. we always do it. Book Club gets it first. We're launching the Kickstarter. The, the Kickstarter is already public. You can like pre if you go to Kickstarter and search roleplay relay, you can save it and be notified when it goes live. Oh, um, that's very cool. The roleplay relay. We're launching the Kickstarter on Monday. Uh, I want to be very clear. We do not need your money. We will be doing this no matter what. We're going to be creating this content for free for people. But if you want to do something like create a magic item that we have to use in the game, Mm -hmm. name an NPC, if you want to go crazy and take the biggest thing on there, which is name the big bad, you can come in and make the bugbear emperor that I've created for my little game that I'm forcing my friends to miserably suffer through for 168 straight hours. Uh, You can come and uh, name things and be part of that stream in that way. Uh, there will be rewards where you will get a signed poster from the whole cast. Yes, uh, there's, there's going to be really sick art. We have one of Canada's like top artists yeah. working with us. Our so. artist, uh, Gabe Sapienza, has drawn for Marvel and DC. He's going to create some incredible stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Monday morning, we're going to do a morning show. We're going to drop the Kickstarter. Yes. It's going to be a fun morning, so come uh, join us live for that. 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern. There will be a little video introducing all the members of the cast. And um, I hope uh, that uh, that might be fun for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, Dakuna, thank you for dropping the Kickstarter link in the chat. Feel free to go give that a pre-save so you know when it's going live. So you know, yeah. Other big thing that happened this week is I got a um, I got an advanced copy of a game this oh, week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say a huge thank you to Blizzard, mm-hmm. um, a game company that uh, is my whole childhood. Uh, I, the number of hours that I've put into Diablo 2 are like probably unhealthy. I don't know um, if I've ever played a Blizzard game. Wild. I know. Wild. I know. I, I, I probably put all... I probably am an expert at Diablo 2. I've probably put my 10,000 hours in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, I was very lucky to get an Ultimate Edition copy of Diablo 4. Uh, so we're going to be doing a Sunday night and Monday night stream of that here on the channel mm-hmm. before that game goes live uh, for everybody on Tuesday. Uh, and I want to say thank you to Blizzard for sending me that code. I am very grateful. Yes. Uh, Diablo is the video game I spent the most time in in my life. Mm-hmm. So that is, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, very, very lucky. Yeah, it's really awesome. Um, Colonel Sanders yells Baldur's Gate. That's later in the summer. We will get to Baldur's Gate when we get to Baldur's <laughs> we'll Gate. Get, we'll get there. Hopefully soon. Because that game looks sick. Um, is there any other housekeeping? Uh, No. We haven't seen Spider-Verse yet. So don't talk about Spider-Verse until tomorrow. We yeah, have not seen it. we're seeing it after book club. Yeah, so, um, we can't go five hours because we'll we'll miss our our show. But uh, we can go our usual three. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know because somehow this turned into a three hour show. Yeah, that was like a year ago. Get used to it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, links in the chat, I believe, are for the splits for Towers of Midnight. So if you want to have a say in how we break down our watch of Towers of Midnight, please click on. That finally, before we get into your questions, I do want to mention uh, we are we have our schedule for the rest of the year for the book club. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to lay it out really quickly so that everybody's up to speed. We are going to be doing the uh, Towers of Midnight until the end of July. Then in August, we are going to be doing two episodes of the television show a week. 
so that we can have reactions and um, re-reactions up for season one before the uh, season two goes live the first week of September. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend September and October covering the show every Friday morning with y'all. Uh, and then we will be starting A Memory of Light uh, as the week after that is done. Uh, probably the last week of October, first week of November. It might be a Halloween stream. We might be in con- uh, cosplay. It might be fun. Well, and no. <laughs> uh, we'll be doing Memory of Light through the end of the year, uh, which will be probably a six-split plus a full book recap plus a full series recap stream. So we'll probably be doing eight uh, sections for Memory of Light. That will take us to yeah. the end of the year. And then in January, we're going to cover Murtog, the new Christopher Paolini book. Yeah, so, we're going to do like a pre... Like we might cover a little bit of the of the the actual series. Yeah. Because it's been a while since both of, uh, of us have read it. Um, so we're, we're super excited for that. Um, we also are probably going to fit in a like tier list, like tier, like ranking um, stream uh, sometime before the last book. We'll see how the schedule falls into place. Yeah. It might be on a different day. It might not be in the book club, book club slot, yeah. but um, I think it'll be fun to do like before and after the series. Um, Amboss says uh, Friday morning means this time slot, right? Yes. No matter where you are in the world, what time it is now, as of 12, 12 minutes ago from now, yes, that is when we will start all of those streams. Yes. Yeah. Well, unless daylight savings happens and we change, but you don't. Sorry, I know that's confusing. Fuck, I forgot about daylight savings. I know. I hate daylight savings. Yeah. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's get into your questions. Chat. The first question of the morning is Sharon Scout, who asks, kind of a random question, but if you produced a musical with the characters of Wheel of Time as the actors, which musical would you adapt and what roles would Rand, Min, etc. play? Oh my god. I already know what this is. Oh. It's it's so easy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's company. <laughs> Cuz Rand is Bobby, uh-huh. Avienda, Min and Elaine are his three women. Yeah. And then Perrin and Fayil are a couple. Cad Swain is um uh the ladies who lunch. Jesus Christ. It's all couples, right? So you have you have Matt and um I'm cutting two on, so it's Matt and Aludra are one of the couples. <laughs> Um, they're the couple that does kar- no, 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 but I'm not joking. Matt and Matt and Aludra are the couple that does karate in their living room. Uh, Cad Swain is. Have you never seen Company? No. Oh I know my god! Some of the music from it, but oh I haven't my god. seen it. No, it, like literally, Randland Company. It works so much better than you think it should. Matt and Aludra are a couple. Perrin and Fayil are one of the couples because it's it's four couples, Bobby and three women. Like it works, it works so well. Okay. Yeah. Well, damn. I guess sometime knew uh, read the wheel of time. Yeah. Sick Bobby, this. come on over for dinner. Yeah. We'll be so glad to see you. Bobby, come on over for dinner. It'll just be the three of us, only the three of us. We love, and then the elevator's going down. <laughs> Door chimes, in comes company. Sharon, this is your fault. I just want that on record. Arizuk Sheffaport, thank you so much for that super chat. Aragon, reread stream first, please. I, I don't know if we'll do a full reread stream, but I we, maybe we might do something. I, I, I want to. I want to do a reread, so maybe we'll do like yeah. a one, maybe like once a month. Because, oh, you know what? We won't be doing really like book club during the show. We could read a book a month through the end of the year. 
and do like a like Monday morning like Aragon reread book club. Oh, we could do an additional book, book club. club. Oh, oh, but it's a book we've already read. I think we would get through it pretty fast. I don't think oh, it would yeah. be very hard. Oh no, no, yeah, like we could we could do those in like. Two splits if we really wanted to. Because I, I really want to reread them. Like, I, I'm super down to do that. I'm just saying we could do Monday, Friday book club. There would be a lot of book club. But Monday, Friday book club. We could start it in August because we won't be reading anything. True? We could do August. We could do the whole series August, September, October. And then finish that book series before Memory of Light. Okay. We could. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't mean, mind having some reading to do. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. We do have to be conscious of, like... There's going to be two weeks where we're traveling. That's like we're we're not going to really be able to do it. I'm not saying we have the show every week, but yeah. we ha- we do the reading over it, and we do like every like two weeks we do a morning show where we just talk about the four Aragon books. Yeah, I don't want to do splits. I just want to do one stream per book. Oh, only one. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, they're kind of chunky books. Yeah, but we don't have to talk through the whole thing. We've read them. With nothing. There's yeah. not going to be any theorizing or surprises. It's just going to be like this is what was. This was what stood out on your like fifteen three read and on my third. Um, it would probably be like my thirty four three read or something. But that's my but point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be a fun way to do it, ours. We'll, we'll we'll think about it. Um, there is a uh, there is an Aragon dis- uh, channel in the Discord. It's called Dragon with an E. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll chat about it there. Um, what musical would you do? I, I laid out my whole thing. I don't know if I can beat that. Like I don't know how that came to me. That I didn't pre-think about this. That oh. just was like off the top of my head. I was like, wait, Bobby has three women. That is very impressive. I'm trying to think of another musical Bo- that has three women. Oh, just throwing Bye, the Calendar. most powerful Terangriel around. Bobby, no, Rand on top of uh-huh. Dragon Mount singing Being Alive instead of Veins of Gold. Somebody <laughs> hurt me too deep. Somebody know me too it's too, well. it's too perfect. Somebody pull me up short and put me through hell and give me support for being alive. Being alive. I, I don't make me confused. I anyway. don't I, I I'm seriously thrown off by how perfect it is and I'm like mad it, about yeah. it. Like I like actually like that would be we should do that. When and ladies who we lunch should, we should produce that. <laughs> and I'll dye my hair red. Yeah. Ladies Who Lunch is the perfect Ked Swain song, too. Yeah. Oh, Adding to that. No, it's literally, like, it works too good, and I'm, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm. Does anybody mind, wear a hat anymore? It, 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 like, I can't, like, process it. You yeah, know what funny. I mean? Yeah. And another hundred people just step off of the train. Anyway. Um. <laughs> um. I, 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 I don't know. I, I literally can't. Okay. I, we'll move on then cuz I crushed it. And you, you get, I I honestly like egg. I am winning today's stream. Um What? Sorry, I'm just reading it. Okay. Yeah, I trying to come up with something. Problem is like I don't know that many Quietly reasons. reading is really good podcast content. Yeah, I know. That's why uh that's why people watch our chapter reactions. <laughs> Wheel of Time fan edit asks the title of this video. Where would you rank this book amongst all 13 reds so far? Clarus. I went first last time. Where would you rank this book? Um, Right now, honestly, I would put it number two. I'm, I'm saying tied for two. Okay. I got like, um, I got Shadow Rising in one. Yeah, Shadow Rising is still my favorite. And then I think I've got Lord of Chaos and uh, The Gathering Storm kind of sharing the two, three slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Okay. 
Uh, what's what's after that? That's tough. After that gets a little bit hard. Uh, yeah, because I'm like, when when the when the fuck do things it, happen again? I think that I would I think that I would go Eye of the World, Gathering Sword and Lord of Chaos are kind of like they share a vibe to me. Then four, I would put Dragon Reborn. Five, I would put Eye of the World. Six, I, I would put. You said Eye of the World already. No, I did not. One is Shadow Rising. Yeah. Two is Gathering Storm and um, Dragon Reborn. You didn't say Shadow Rising. You said Eye of the World. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I was like. Um, uh, I was thinking further on my list, but trying to talk about something yeah, higher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the. Dra- so, yeah. So, Dragon Reborn is in four. Yeah. And then Eye of the World is in five. Fires of Heaven is in six. Uh, we, um, uh, the Great Hunt is in seven. And then, oh, no, but where does New Spring go? Because I really like New Spring. I'd probably I put New Spring above Fires of Heaven. So I'd probably yeah. go Eye of the World, New Spring, Fires of Heaven, um, The Great Hunt, and then The Slog. It, th- then everything below and that is like... it doesn't matter. Then there's like the, the muddle of The Slog, and then the last one is Crossroads of Twilight. Yes, a thousand percent, yeah. But I, I on, yeah, I think for me, like, I think that the Gathering Storm is number two. Crown um, of Swords, I actually, Crown of Swords is above the rest of the song. I would probably go Crown of Swords. That one is, I, I, I was looking at our bookshelf too, that one is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a hefty fucking book, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But, um, but yeah, I do think that it is a step above the, the other sloggy books for sure. Mm-hmm. Um... But it's tough, right? Because like when I when I look back on the slog, there's moments that I love. Like mm-hmm. I do not think Winter's Heart is a very good book on its own. Yeah. I love the end of it, right? Yeah. I. I uh, but uh, but the tough thing is I can't. There's moments like that in all of the slog, except the Crossroads of Twilight, where I just am like, I don't remember anything about that book that I really in, like even enjoyed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, there's moments I can pick out of most of the books. The the, the using of the bowl of the winds is really fantastic. Yeah. Egwene standing up and being like, ha, 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 there's a by... <laughs> I read the bylaws. I love the I read the bylaws scene. Yeah. Like, that's hilarious. She's like, we're the war, Aja, now. Well, the, Great stuff. Um, the first sister ceremony was obviously very small, but, like, was still, like, a really cool scene. A lot of the slog have banger pre, uh, prologues. Yes. The rest of the book are not good, <laughs> but yeah. the prologue is... Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Arizu asks, one for nerdy mostly. Okay, fine. I see how it is. <clears throat> well, I actually answer the questions and you go, I don't know. I can't think of anything. What do you mean? I just answered the fucking question. I know. I'm just giving you shit. Okay, fine. We'll go back to the first question. <laughs> um, no, no, no. We'll, we'll no, move no, on. No, we're going to wait until I think of something <laughs> that's really good. Um, we're we're going to sit here and we're going to... Arzu asks, one for nerdy mostly, on the subject of prophecy versus free will, do you think the discussion at the end with Min saying prophecies can only happen if the pattern continues helps to combat your general dislike of prophecies, or does it strictly depend Mm. on how prophecies are used in the story, or are you in the just no prophecies ever camp? No, I don't think you're no prophecies ever. I'm not no prophecies ever. No, that is not, that is not what I've said. Um, I, I don't like when prophecies are... I don't mind Min's prophecies as much because they're usually, like, for the most part, she just sees shit and she's like, ah, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like, you know, there's a couple where she's like, you need Cat Swain. I don't really understand why or how or, like, any mm-hmm. of that. I just have this general feeling. But I don't like the Cat Swain one 
because it has allowed Cad Swain to not be a member of the team. I just mean because like she's forced to be there. I, I don't mean the prophecy meanings. I just mean like what the pro like. I'm talking about the inciting thing, not that like outcome of that. Like what mm-hmm. that means. I I think um I I think that my feelings on the Min saying the prophecies don't last if they don't win. It doesn't mean a lot to me in the moment. I, I, I think that it's an interesting thought for that scene. And I think that it becomes a good scene. I, I do really like the way that that is written. I think Brandon Sanderson did a good job there. It doesn't change for me the flavor of how heavy handed the prophecies are in this book as a whole, in the series as a whole. Um, and how some of our character development has been stunted by a need to hold to these prophecy ideas. Um, that have gotten, that have, like, put Rand in a position where he's like, oh, well, I have to do this thing. Or, oh, I have to be this person. Uh, as opposed to kind of trying to finding that himself. And I, I think that sometimes that slows down um, character development. Uh, and so so that's just kind of how I feel about it. I, I liked that scene a lot. I yeah. really did. I mean, it's interesting because I actually, I, I like, I like what that, what, what, the having the prophecies in the story can can mean mm-hmm. for our characters and their development, right? Like, Elena made all the wrong choices because she had this foretelling that she believed so hard in mm-hmm. and interpreted in a specific way, and it fucked up her whole life. Like, I think that using it in creative ways like that, for me personally, is really cool. I think it's a super interesting payoff. I, I, prophecies where it's like, this must happen, and that has no personal meaning or consequences for the character is kind of like, meh, whatever. But people trying to either deliberately fulfill or avoid their, like, destiny in a sense, I I actually find that storytelling can be incredibly compelling. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's really easy to just lean on as a bit of a crutch. So it, it, it depends on how it's used, I think. Like, yeah, it depends who's writing it. It also, for me, it depends on what the characters are learning, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that if the, the we've talked about the prophecy in Harry Potter in this, right? Where I'm like, I like that prophecy because it it gives no information about how to do things. It is just a prophecy that Voldemort takes and makes his own life harder by believing in. Well, and also, the the, the thing that I actually like about that prophecy is that Voldemort chose his own adversary, right? Because it could have yeah, been yeah, two yeah. different people. Like, like those kinds of things, those, like, deeper levels and nuance. Um, not that I think J.K. Rowling is, like, a great author. Uh, but, um, no. <laughs> but, um, but those kinds of things I, ju- I find more interesting than, like, it has to be this person and something has to happen this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like... That yeah, that that Voldemort played his own part in choosing how things were going to play out. Well, but for me, it's the difference between <clears throat> um, this person is going to fight this person, and a prof- a prophecy that says these two people are going to fight. Mm-hmm. This is the person who has a chance to defeat this person. Yeah, interesting prophecy. 
this person, the, the, the other version, which is this person is going to show up to this thing under this moon, and then this thing is going to happen, which is going to cause this thing to happen, and then everyone will know that the prophecy has taken place because this series of conditions, that this checklist of conditions will have been met and the prophecy will be over. Yeah. I, I like prophecies that are the start of a story, and I don't like prophecies that tell me what the end of a story is going to be. Fair. Because fair. I... Because then, because I know they're gonna happen. Like nobody yeah. writes it. And and you know what? Honestly, the author that does it, I would be interested to read it. Where the prophecy doesn't take place, right? But for the mm-hmm. most part, if I read a prophecy in any book, especially fantasy books, um, and a little bit in sci-fi as well, if I read the prophecy, I know that 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 it's gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it, it's Chekhov's gun. If you if you write the prophecy, and the prophecy is a close-ended prophecy, and maybe that's what it is for me. If you write a close-ended prophecy, it feels like the author forcing the end of the story too early. Right. Whereas if you write an open-ended prophecy, it's like these two characters are going to fight. And like I, I know the, the good character's probably going to win, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen enough stories. But the the characters don't know that. And so yeah. they're able to be a little bit more... Um, they're able to play around a little bit more with their futures and learn and use their own methods at success. Yeah. Whereas I, I think closed-ended prophecies lead to conversations like this where the woman's like, well, we have all these prophecies. Of course we're going to win. There's, we know how it ends. And I'm grateful for this scene where Min says, well, no, there is a version of this where that doesn't happen. Yeah. Because... Yeah, of course. I, I of course you would get too cocky. You have two. There's so many prophecies in this world about how this goes down, and so I I, I don't know. I, I find for the most part people overuse prophecy to have the world feel whimsical, and that's fine. It's just not my favorite thing. Other people love it, and it's there's no like right or wrong. It's a subjective thing. I am just not the biggest fan of prophecies in general. Mm-hmm. I don't like the prophecy in Star Wars. I think that introducing the prophecy in the prequels diminished the um original trilogy uh i you know and i'm a huge prequels fan i'm a huge george lucas fan i think that introducing a prophecy introducing a chosen one wasn't a great idea um i but that and that's my personal take on that it's probably my least favorite thing that george lucas introduced in the prequels is the prophecy of the chosen one because i think that it detracts from anakin's choice at the end of return of the jedi sure i think that it puts him in a position where like well of no of course he redeemed himself at the end he was the prophesied chosen one. It had to happen because the narrative, you know what I mean? And right. it just becomes like, it, it takes away the moment of this man realized he fucked up worse than anyone had fucked up. Yeah. And he finally made the right choice. Yeah. It takes that away when you're like, yeah, but the 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 force and the midichlorians of the universe knew that at the end of his life, he was going to bring balance to the force by throwing Palpatine down the mine shaft. Right? For me, that prophecy doesn't make that moment better. Yeah. I don't mind if the characters have an antagonist that they want to fight for their reasons, not because God sent words into a psychic and told the character that they had to fight them. Yeah. I No, no, no. My main character wants to fight this character because it is the right thing to do, and this is the thing that they come up with to do it yeah. is different than my main character is sitting around reading a book telling him what to do all the time, and then he just goes around doing the side quests from the books mm-hmm. that he's misinterpreting or interpreting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that it takes away character agency. And I think that it is just not my favorite way of interpreting stories. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some people love it and some people write it better than others. I definitely had a lot of fun at the beginning of Book Club with a lot of the prophecies of the dragon and Mm -hmm. us trying to figure out what that meant. Right. Yeah. Kind of in a way that like Min is trying to read these books and Mm -hmm. interpret them with a different lens. Um, And like, I think that that's really fun. Um, But yeah, I I agree. Things that are like... (laughs) 
prophesizing exactly how the story is going to end. Maybe not exactly. That's that's obviously usually open up for discussion or, or like there's twists and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think prophecies about how things are going to end are also not my favorite. It's more like the steps along the journey. And then if something doesn't happen here, it's like, what does that mean for the rest of the journey? Like, how does that change things and affect things moving forward? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it can be hit and miss. And I think that there's, like, a better way to do it and uh, maybe, like, not as great way to do it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gorgo. This was a book of reunifications. Which was a bigger achievement? The reunification of the Tower or the reunification of Rand? I, I, like, I'm like. i going to say the Tower, and this might be controversial, y'all. I'm going to miss Luce Theron. Really? I liked Rand. I liked Rand being a little crazy. I thought it made his, I, I, I like it made every time he grabbed the power interesting. It, mm. it, it gave stakes. We were, we were talking about this. Do you think he still gets sick when he grabs the power? We don't know yet. We'll okay. find out in The Towers of Midnight. Do you, well, uh, No, do, do you think so? Well, we can go like a yes or no and no. see. No. No, I think, I think, I think, personally, I think Luce there and tugging away from him was the problem. Oh. But it might still be the wounds in his side, so I might be, I'm, I'm open to being wrong about that. I'm going to say yes, just to be the opposite. <laughs> well, no, I, that, it's just fun when one of us is right and one of us is wrong, you know, so <laughs> I'm just going to go with uh, I'm yes. just going to hope that you're wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do. I, I, I don't know. I, we were talking about this this week of um, if, what? Oh, hi. I just got very close. Um, the f- interesting thing about... Oh, when we were talking about the show, uh, when we are talking about season one, which we'll talk about again, the idea of one of the girls being the Dragon Reborn is super uninteresting. Oh, they because they don't go Because there's crazy. no consequences. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because there's no taint on the female half of the power. If the most powerful person on Earth doesn't have the taint in this world, mm-hmm. you've chosen the least interesting version of it. Um, not, that, not, not that I'm like, a woman can't be the chosen one. I, I, I'm just saying that specifically in a world where you've introduced the taint on the one half of the power, it is immediately uninteresting to give the most power to the person who has no consequences for using it, right? Yeah. Um, But now Rand has kind of gotten to that point where, like, all of the things holding him back are gone. And so what... Maybe, maybe, maybe he still gets sick. Like, I I don't know. Yeah, but getting a little nauseous when you want to destroy 100,000 Trollocs, that's a trade-off I'll take. As opposed to, I don't know if Lucerne's going to grab the power and kill us. Yeah. Because he wants to die now. Yeah. Right? And so I, I actually really liked the narrative use of Lucerne in Rand's head wanting to just be dead at the moment. And the fear that that instills in Rand in, like, I don't know if I can grab this power today because mm-hmm. I don't know if I have, like, the I don't know if I'm sharp enough today to keep Lucerne from it. Yeah. That was really interesting stuff to me. And I... I, I'm going to miss that, even though I am kind of... It, it, we've done it. We've told that story. I understand there's not a lot more, like, runway for that. But yeah. it has been one of the more interesting things about the last few books. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss Lucerne. I actually think that Rand and Lucerne's bickering was kind of a really interesting part of the series. Yeah, I I don't know. It's really hard to, to classify, like, a bigger achievement. Because... Because they both came down to interpersonal relations and, like, an internal struggle, which I actually was, like, very grateful for. You know, I think it would have been, like, 
easy to write a battle for the White Tower. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it just come down to who's got who who won the arm wrestle or whatever it was. But like both reunifications were about the people involved and like and and mending like the interpersonal relationships whether with another person or even within yourself yeah like they're they're actually very similar in in a lot of different ways and i think that that is infinitely more difficult than you know i did the bigger pew pew with the magic right like 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 (laughs) like knowing how people work and, and using that and trying to like Trying to bring people around mm-hmm. is a huge achievement. You know, yeah. we've all gotten into that like fucking like Twitter argument where you're like, this is pointless because no nobody cares to bother having a different perspective, opening up their eyes, seeing what's happening, acknowledging this or or like looking at it this way. Like people are fucking annoying as shit. Yeah. And, and so I, you know, I think that. I th- I don't know. I th- I think may I think it might be the White Tower, but I think that both are like incredibly uh, important, but also like I, I th- th- they're both such difficult things. People go to therapy mm-hmm. for years to try to get over shit. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. We said that the White Tower is going to be one of the towers of midnight. Yeah. But the White Tower has been reunified. Do you think that that is still the case? Oh, that it's one of the Towers of Midnight? I mean, yeah, it's got to be... Like, I still don't know if... I, I don't know if Randon and Egwene are going to be antagonistic towards one another. And I think that having the Black Tower there, on, like, automatically puts friction between them. Especially because, like... I mean, I think Rand knows that Tame is fucking sus. No, he knows he's evil. Yeah, Loghain has revealed that to him. Yeah, but, but like... But Egwene and Rand's methods for things don't mesh super well. So I think that there's going to... Yeah, I think that the Towers of Midnight are the White Tower, the Black Tower, and the Spire. See, I'm starting to think that the um, the Towers of Midnight are the Towers of Malkyrie. And that we're going to get the, like, Lan at Tarwin's Gap Tooth fight in the next book, but that won't be the last battle. Because aren't there like seven towers in Malkyrie? Uh, there are, yeah. And I'm so I'm, I'm starting to think that the Towers of Midnight are going to be, is that's what the Towers of Midnight are? Maybe, okay. Maybe the Spire? No, wait. The Spire? Yeah. The, oh, the Tower of Genji's got to be one of the Towers of Midnight. Yeah, well, maybe the Tower of Genji is actually connected to Malkyrie in some way because that's where R- Lan's fucking uncle was oh, from. Oh, Summon Luke. Slayer. Yeah, 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 Slayer, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So maybe they actually maybe maybe they have some kind of connection to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I meant by the spy. Because the there is a Malkyrie in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think that like yeah that that connection could be very easily made with what we know of fucking what's his face. Um, I don't know. Is Isam? It's Isam, yeah. Yeah, I sorry, but I mean like specifically that half of him is Lan's uncle, right? I don't remember. I, I think, yeah. And I think Luke Lord Luke is the Ran one. Oh right. And Lord Luke is Ran's uncle. So yeah. Or dad. Something. I need a fucking family tree. The problem is <laughs> the problem is that Sam and Luke have it's been like three books since we've seen them. 
I know. I it's like, been longer, I'm pretty sure. No, it was in Farmatting. No. Tenchigo? No. It's been a what hot city was it Ebudar? What city were they fucking in when they when that happened? Which happened? When the Isamanu when he killed the it, it, I think it was Farmatting. So it would have been Winter's Heart. Winter's Heart. Okay, okay. Sorry, Lan's cousin. Right. Lucas Rand's uncle, and then Lan, it, that is Lan's cousin. Thank you. I the family tree thing is Yeah. Um, um those care but like, you know, I like it's hard for me to give a shit about Asama and Luke and the whole Slayer thing because they show up like once every four books for like half a chapter. Yeah. And like the la in the Winter's Heart scene, they showed up, killed two random people, and then disappeared. Like it, it literally had nothing to do with the rest of the plot, other than to be like, "Hey, the Slayer still does exist." I know it seems like I've forgotten about him. I haven't. He just isn't really relevant to this at all. Yeah. Like he he literally stabs two random people in their beds, and then he's not mentioned again in the book. Yeah, he's not like my favorite villain or threat or whatever because I'm kind of like I just don't un- I don't I don't get you I, I don't know yeah <laughs> I don't know what the point of you is maybe he's the one who killed Asmodian like Perrin hasn't seen him in like ten books yeah maybe he's the one who killed Asmodian Slayer killed Asmodian I mean it would work right <clears throat> yeah. Arazu asks, you've seen Egwene both adopt the traditions of the White Tower and swearing the oaths, for example, and reject them yeah. in refusing to ignore the unpleasant. Going forward, how effective do you think she will be in changing things for the better in the White Tower? And how much do you think the Aes Sedai will push back against her and hamper her or try to assimilate her? I mean, Ramonda and Lelaine already tried to kind of puppet her. Yeah, good luck. So I honestly don't... Look, I think that Egwene is going to figure out what the small ways she can concede are like um mm-hmm. did that sentence make sense yeah. uh, okay it's like i don't that came out of my mouth and i was like i don't <laughs> i don't know about that one um she's she's going to give on the things that i'm sure she doesn't think are as important right uh, just so that she doesn't seem like a dictator because if if you if you try if if you try and instill reform in an institution that's this old where there's a lot of big fucking personalities, <clears throat> you cannot be so rigid because mm-hmm. th- because that's when you will get the most amount of pushback. She's going to have to find the things that she's willing to kind of like um, step back a bit on. But I, th- I think she's going to stick to the important ones. Like the more that she talks about the Black Aja and the power levels and, like, how the White Tower works that nobody likes talking about, the more the people will just get used to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, in and of itself, will fizzle out the taboo around it. Mm -hmm. I I think she's going to have a harder time, honestly, with the... with with hard and fast rules. Um, The etiquette thing, I think, will, like, just kind of fizzle because... People will get used to it. I think there's not enough book left for it to be that important. I think like we're there's only two books left. We're approaching the last battle. I, if we spend a significant chunk of the last two books dealing with White Tower politics, yeah, I those are going to be chapters I'm not going to be as interested in, right? I, I think that Egwene like also kind of has an in with the whole war thing. She can be like, it's the last battle. We're going to war, which means I'm kind of in charge again, yeah. and we're gonna fuck I, shit up. I just think that like we 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 spent so much of the last three books dealing with Egwene overcoming all of this political stuff. Yeah. That if we spend more time just kind of like rehashing the stuff we've already done, I don't know how interested in any of that I will be. Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't want just infighting in the White Tower because that's that that 
the whole point of the reunifying the White Tower is that we're kind of done with that now. Yeah. And I hope that we can finally fucking move on with these characters. And I also think that like rooting out the Black Aja is gonna help with yeah. the descent, right? That's like true. that's that's gonna make a difference. <clears throat> yeah. And if it doesn't, well, they're all fucked anyways then. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's gonna be like I think there's gonna be interesting pushback about how she wants to handle Rand and stuff like that. Yeah. But if if we're if the I don't want to breed pushback on how like the White Tower's, like, day-to-day is run at this point. Yeah, I think we she's We just need earned, to, like, move forward. I think she's earned people's respect. I, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that that's not going Unless to be the reveal is that Laris is Masana, and then I'm super in. That'll be super interesting. And Masana's still fucking everything up. If it's a for, if it's a forsaken fucking shit up, I'll be interested in it. But if it is just bickering, like if it's endless bickering, I, I uh, we've done it. We we're, we're, we've got to get past this at some point. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Kano asks after Rand's revelation at the end of Gathering Storm, what changes do you expect to see from him going forward? I think his dick got three inches longer, so he's gonna just plow men out. Jesus Christ! His heart grew three sizes that day and could pump more blood. <laughs> He can last for four hours. Uh, I want the Grinch porn parody where his dick goes three sizes. You know <clears> that <throat> someone's already done that. And then he fucks the... You know the, someone's um, done that. Uh, obviously, we're, like, this version of the Grinch, no Cindy Lou Who. I don't want an 18-year-old Cindy Lou Who. That's always weird when they take the child and age them up for the porn parody. Yeah, no, no, don't no, do that. It's all about the Grinch fucking the neighbor with the fucking light cannon. Martha Mayhew? Yeah. Is, is that her name? He cut yeah. The, in my She's version like, of the Grinch, hi, that one. In my version of the Grinch, the oh Grinch cucks the mayor after his dick grows three inches that day. Jesus Christ! Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, someone's already done that. Let's let's be honest. Um, what's that actress's name? She's fucking delightful. Oh, I know. She's, She's in so Chicago amazing. as yeah. well. Like, uh, oh my god. Christine Baranski is that her name? That sounds. About right. Here, you answer this question and I'll. Um, You're gonna it Google it. Um, I here's the thing. I, I I think it would be very weird if Rand did like a 180. Like I think he's gonna have to navigate. That yeah, Christine Bransky fucking nailed it. Nailed it. She's, She's so hot in that movie. Delightful. Uh yeah. She yeah she is. She's um, still hot. I mean like she can oh my get God, it. Yeah. It's like her and like um. Oh my god, we just watched Quantum Susan Sarandon. Mania. Michelle Pfeiffer. That, oh my god. Excuse me. You guys, if you haven't seen Stardust, yeah. watch it. Um anyways. What? I forgot. She's hot in Stardust. She's hot. She's, She's hot. hot. She's hot in Quantumania though. There there's a mo- there's a scene in that movie where her and Bill Murray are talking about their like how they used to fuck, and you're like Oh my! I would watch that. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be weird if he did like a, a, a like full one eighty. Yeah. But I think that he's going to have to kind of deal with the consequences of fucking you know <clears> almost <throat> bail firing Tam and uh, and all all of this stuff like an entire fucking civilization <clears throat> of people right like yeah. um he's gonna have to come to terms with that and I think find a more like middle ground I think that he, like it's that like wrestling the two sides and coming together I I, I hope that he's more open to communicating <clears throat> with Nynaeve even if he doesn't <clears throat> take her advice but like talking about things before he decides to do them um and I wonder if it's gonna have an effect on how he feels about Lan. I don't know if it will. I don't know if it will either. I don't know if it will, because Lan made a choice, and I think that, like... Lan's a big boy. Yeah, yeah, you can't you, you can't force people to do what you want to do. You you know, like, that. that's... 
I mean, well, technically you can, but like, you know what I mean. Yeah. No, no, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I yeah, think I that, think they're going to be subtle <clears throat> changes. I think that Rand is going to be a completely different character moving forward. And he's going to... Really? Yeah, I think he's just oh. going to be like really peppy and fun. I think he's going to show up and be like, guys... Let's go fight the last battle. Uh, I think that this is where musical, musical Rand. Version. Yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I think I think Rand is. I think that Rand is going to be much more centered. Uh, I think he's still going to be very hard um, because Min is wearing those tight trousers, and it's just not fair to a man. Uh, it's not fair. She's those wearing Lululemon the leggings. yeah. She's wearing the the Lululemons of uh, the historical fantasy. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I think that there's going to be just a lot more focus from him because he won't be so distracted by his own brain. And I think that that's going to lead to some really interesting um, character interactions where Rand can really, like, be present with people more. Mm. Uh, and I think that's going to lead to better relationships with his women uh, because he will be paying attention to them. Well, um, and I think Avienda is going to come back. And I think that, like, I, I, you know, I hope that that's a big moment. I, I really hope that I, that's yeah. a thing. You know? I hope Rand at some point goes and talks to Elaine again. Because yeah. she's very pregnant. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I hope that that's all, like almost the first thing he does. Yeah. He leaves Dragon Mount. He's like, I need to. I need to go check on Elaine. Yeah. Got to go check on her. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I just. I hope that Rand can like. I, I just hope that Rand is a little better at interacting with people after this. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Rob Ross asks, with the final battle approaching and preparations being made in the last few books, what roles do you expect our Emmons Field Five to play? Well. I think Rand's just going to send Matt in, and Matt's luck is just going to make him win everything. Well, no, Matt's going to build the cannons. Yeah. Um, the dragons. You know, kaboom goes the cannons. Watch the blood and your shit spray. Uh, yeah, no, I think that Matt is going to lead, like, the grenadiers and the cannon folk. Uh, Perrin is going to fight. I don't think Perrin's going to fight literally. I think Perrin's going to fight with the, like, memories the of the wolves. World. Yeah, he's going to lead an army of, like, long dead wolves. In, like, the dream world. And so there's going to be, like, a three-pronged attack of, like, Rand by air. Because he's going to fight uh, Ishmael in the sky again. Like, he fought um, at, at Falma. Uh, and then Matt is going to lead the, like, artillery charge of Shiogul with grenadiers, cannons, that stuff. Uh, I think Avienda, Elaine, uh, Nynaeve, Egwene are going to be, like, the magic users. And then Perrin is going to fight the Teleran Riyadh fight and protect everyone's, like unconscious mind um, mm-hmm. from being touched by the Dark One while the fight is going on. I wonder if maybe, like, Egwene and Perrin kind of work together <clears> in that. Because, <throat> like, Egwene is a dreamer, and they might be able to, like, share insight with one another on, like, how to affect the dream world in different ways. Maybe, yeah. Um, I think that would be, like, an interesting conversation, even though I, I don't know if it's very likely. Um, I, I wish that... the One thing I wish is that more of our main characters had... Um, enemies like personal enemies well that's like why Matt doesn't slayer is like would be interesting if i understood what the fuck he's doing well but slayer and perrin are obviously gonna fight right yeah or or slayer and land but no yeah because yeah slayer's not after perrin slayer is after right but Rand they have the same powers and, like yeah. like slayer and perrin interact with the same kind of magic right, right? um i think that uh alviarin will be Egwene's kind of foil Right uh, for the final fight, I think. Really, I feel like Alviarin's kind of been like. Well, yeah, but she escaped to the Dark One, so she'll be a Dreadlord yeah. or whatever, right? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. That like, but but yeah, I I do wish there were more personal. Uh, obviously, Nynaeve and Mogidian 
is going to be, they're going to have a final fight. Oh, Rand, Rand's, uh, fucking, Rand's going to have to fight Lanfear and Moradin at the same time. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I wish that, like, because Matt doesn't have, like, an enemy. How, okay, you know? how likely is it? And this is, like, this is a wild thing that I'm just throwing out there for the sake of throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. How wild do you think it would be if, like, the prophecy wasn't about uniting the the north the south and the west and the fuck like it wasn't like that in a literal sense it was that matt has to go save moraine and he somehow negotiates or tricks the elfin elfin into participating in tarmangaden sure mm. uh, this is what <laughs> i mean about i j- prophecies just don't do anything for me fair enough that Matt, because here's my problem with it. Matt getting the Elfin Elfin into the last battle mm-hmm. is the same amount of interesting to me, whether or not you've already told me that something needs to happen for the final battle to happen. Sure. That Like, the prophecies, in my opinion, never make character interactions or character successes more interesting. They just foreshadow it lazily. I think that prophecies, in general, are mostly lazy foreshadowing. But... Harry As a Potter reader, beating I think Voldemort. That like fun, depending on how they do it. But it's like taste, though. Like you're yeah. allowed to have that opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm not saying that you're wrong. Yeah. Right. Like I, I'm not trying to say that. Like I'm universally correct. No. Yeah. It's just I'm not saying that your... for me. Yeah. I don't care that Harry Potter was prophesized to kill Voldemort. I don't care that Vader was prophesized to bring balance to the force. The story's still it, interesting, regardless of the. It doesn't prophecy. matter to me. Yeah. yeah Prophecies yeah. Yeah. never change what is interesting about something. It is just theory crafting oh. stuff that, like, I don't need. I want to be invested in what our characters are actively doing, not in oh, the this person said this thing twenty years ago. I yeah. don't. I just don't give a shit. Matt's personal fight is Padden Fane because of the dagger. Padden Fane thinks it's Rand, but it's actually Matt. But and, but they, they, we're getting into a point where Padden Fane should not be on the board anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't what know. What does Padden Fane's place in the Dark Ones fight? Because Padden Fane should be on their side. Yeah, it's it's weird. Pat right? and Fane isn't on the Dark One side. Pat and Fane has no reason to fight with the Dark One. The Dark One wants to kill Pat and Fane. Pat and Fane at this point should either have Pat and Fane either needs to be taken out in Towers of Midnight or he needs to ride into the last battle with the good guys, or or, or show up to try and kill Rand in the middle of it and be like a hindrance. But like Rand is so powerful at this point that Pat and Fane shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, that's why I mean for Matt it's more interesting because. Sure. Like, Matt doesn't have magic, really. Yeah. Except the luck, which is de- definitely just magic. But, like, what... But Pat and Fane... just kind of has not mattered enough in the series to be this sort of... Because where is... Like, where is he? Where know, has he been I, for so long? I do wish that he had been a little more prevalent because for a while he was the most interesting villain. Yeah, and now he's just... Well, and part of the problem is that... Well, we have not seen him since Winter's Heart. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we don't even know if he still exists because his power comes through Mashadar. So, yeah. like, I, 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 I don't really care about Pat and Fane. If he never showed up again, I would just be like, he died when Mashadar died. When, when the, when the taint oh. and Mashadar, you know what I mean? Yeah. If he never shows up again, it doesn't really matter. Right. I don't care about him. He has no personal connection to anybody anymore. He killed And he's been gone for so long. No, because Asmodian wouldn't have known Pat and Fane. No, I know, I know, I know. But he's just been gone for so Unless long Unless Asmodian helped torture him into his... Anyway, it doesn't matter. I can't imagine Asmodian being a, a, a torturer. 
I, I don't know. You, you know what I mean? And so, like, um, uh, Emwell brings up the golem. The golem's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, true. True. Although, you know, Matt does have a way to uh, at least hinder or keep it at bay with the, yeah. like, But Matt's head. the only one who can fight it. Yeah. 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 So that that does make it interesting. So, yeah. No, I, I don't know. Like, I would I would love for Pat and Fane to matter, but they have to reintroduce him to matter. Like, yeah. you can't just have him show up again and have me be like... That was a great character. Yeah. Pat and Fane's done the most interesting thing, 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 thing that he can do, which is wound Rand. Mm-hmm. And now they need to, like, either end his storyline or introduce a new storyline for him. Yeah. But there, there's no, like, ongoing story with Pat and Fane right now. Other than, I'm angry. Yeah. That's it. That, that, that's what he's been for a while. Yeah. And, and he wasn't always that way. There was a point, there was a point where we were like, Pat and Fane is the most interesting villain in the series. Right? Yeah. And it was at the point where Pan Fane was kept sneaking into all of these organizations, and he was just always there Maybe with the he's white clothes. Maybe with the Oh my god! I hope not. I hope he's with the white cloaks. Because if he's with the Sanchin, then every fucking character in the Sanchin is just a double agent. Like all of them. There's too many people sneaking into the fucking Sanchins. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, this series, this series, unfortunately, has some of the worst villains in fantasy. As much as I love a lot of it, it has some of the worst villains in fantasy. It's very up and down because sometimes they're sometimes they are very interesting. But even the characters who are very interesting have long stretches where they either are just completely missing yeah. or are utterly inept. Yeah. And like I, I the the most interesting conflicts of the Wheel of Time are interpersonal conflicts between the good characters mm-hmm. because none of the bad guys are that are great. Mazram Tame right now is probably the most interesting because we don't know what's going on with him. But at the same time, Mazram Tame is also like not prevalent. Like these characters aren't in the stories. They're mostly talked about. Mm. You hear about them. Once a cha- once a book, there might be a chapter where a character goes and visits them. Yeah. But like, you know, the, the last time we saw Mazram Tame was in the epilogue of um, Knife of Dreams where he says, the, let the Lord of Chaos rule. Never see him again. And so, like, the, the, I think that Wheel of Time wants these villains to be interesting by just not showing them. But by not showing them, they just kind of disappear. Like, yeah. Luke and Assam is the, is the most prevalent example of, like, where is this character? Does, does this yeah. character matter to this at all? Because mm-hmm. they killed two random people in formatting mm-hmm. four books ago. Yeah. And they interacted with the main character nine books ago. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. I don't care about this character at all. Yeah, no, that's it's fair. It's been a... For, it's been probably three million words. Three million words since they interacted with the main character. Yeah, maybe. And our main characters our main characters aren't even scared of them because they don't know they exist. I mean, the Moradin and Rand scene was cool. Mor- Moradin is the best of it, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Moradin has also been killed twice, three times by Rand and has never three? won a fight. What? Or not killed, but Moradin has lost three fights against Rand and has never won one. So, like, yes, he is... An interesting villain, mm-hmm. but he has never won a fight against Rand. Mm-hmm. So when you're telling me, like, we're going to the final fight, it's Morden v. Rand, it's the final battle, Morden has not the won baby. one yet, but maybe he'll take one off Rand this time. Yeah. Like, the 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 bad guys in this series are the underdogs. Mm. They suck at winning fights. They're fucking terrible at it. Yeah. Like, Semiraj, yeah, you know what? Semiraj got the collar on Rand and then immediately died. Grendel, she conquered a kingdom off page and the first time Rand interacted with her, she immediately died. Maybe, like... 
I think, uh, uh, yeah. I Half mean, of the villains that Rand is going to fight in the last battle have different bodies because he's already killed them once. R Rand is the Apollo Creed of this universe, and everybody else is Rocky Balboa climbing up the stairs in Philadelphia like, maybe this time I'm taking out the Dragon Reborn. And Rand is like, no, I'm the fucking Dragon Reborn. I don't lose. Uh, Come at me, bitch. Let's go. And the villains are like, the, the Dark One gave me another body because you wiped out my last one. Let's do this fair, again. I think, uh, to be fair, for like something something like the Semiraj thing, like, the, the, that that was the dark one. You know what I mean? He, like, put her in that position to fuck up Rand so bad that he became, like, he, he fucking lost it. And then the dark one was like, <laughs> right? And then, sure, like... Sure, 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 sure. But so that was all, like, orchestrated. Again, the Dark One is a, a weird, twisted motherfucker in the background that Rand isn't <laughs> fighting. He's a weird, twisted motherfucker. Rand is fighting these actual villains, mm -hmm. and he always beats them. And so when we're going towards the final fight, and half of the bad guys are in new bodies because the good guy already wiped out their old body, mm -hmm. like, like who who's left? Moradin? Yep. New body, because Rand killed them. Mogidian. Uh, uh, Mogidian's in her... Uh, Lanfear. Mogidian is now Sindane. No, no, no. Lanfear, Sindane. Mogidian's in her... Is yeah. in the same body. Yeah. But Mogidian spent multiple books, uh, collared, and has... Uh, the only time she's almost won a fight was when she shot Balefire at Nynaeve from five kilometers away and missed. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Mogidian uh, never won a fight. Nynaeve has beat Mogidian every yeah. single time they fought. Lanfear, None of these characters lose fights. And so when we're going yeah. into the last battle and the bad guys have never won, they are the underdog. They need to prove that they can win a fucking fight in this franchise mm -hmm. because I'm going to the last battle being like, our good guys are going to steamroll them again yeah. because it's happened every single time. They sent 100,000. I don't think it's 100,000. I think people in this world probably can't do very good math. And that is a very high number to count to. They sent 100,000 Trollocs to fight Rand in a manor in the woods, and Rand lost 19 people. Yeah. These odds are so heavily stacked against the bad guys that, like, they're going to lose. They suck at this. They're so bad at fighting. Uh... They're just, they're fucking awful at it. They, they are never good at anything. The, the villains in this yeah. series suck at their job. They're fucking terrible. And then this series wants us to be like, oh, yeah, but Demandred is going to be the scary one. And I'm like, I think Demandred is probably going to finally fight someone and he's going to get his little tushy spanked <laughs> because everybody on the bad guy's team sucks at their job. They're fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. The only time Rand loses is when he loses control and he accidentally kills more of his men than the bad guys have killed in the entire fucking franchise. I think, that, I think though, that, like... All of that is really put into perspective with the Varen reveal. Because Varen is like, yeah, they're not like the best at anything. They're just the most selfish people. And I was like, that's fascinating. It it it, it would be really cool mm -hmm. to read this series from their perspective because of that. Yeah. But because they are the villains to our main characters, I don't give a shit about and that. I, I because totally, I'm like, I totally understand that. I just like it really works for me that Varen's like, yeah, these 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 people are like you know, they're they're kind of scary and a little bit intimidating, but they're honestly just really, really selfish. Like, I was like, oh, okay, I, I see I, how this is going. I just think if there were two victories uh -huh. where they actually, like, crushed. Yeah. Where, there, where, like, there was, like, desperate retreat on our good guy's side. Yeah. Where they had to go back home and lick their wounds. Yeah. This series would be so much more interesting to me. Yeah, I, 
I, the last I battle would be for a sure. thousand times more frightening yeah. because I would have at some point seen the bad guys win something. Yeah. And instead we get this idea where we have to be so invested in whether or not Rand is going to be sane enough to fight the final fight because the only way that Rand loses mm-hmm. is if he fucks up. Because so there's you, just simply no way this group of morons could ever win against these good guys because so you, they are morons. So do you think that like Demandred is going to get a win or I Morden fucking hope get so. a win in? I want the Towers of Midnight to end with Lan on a spike. I, no, no. I, I'm, not, I'm not fucking joking. I want the bad guys at the end of Towers of Midnight to roll through fucking Camelin or Kyrian or Tyr. I want the Stone of Tyr in pebbles. I want the fucking, I want Ebudar to be a ghost town. I, I want Ruidian to no longer exist because Morden balefired the city out of existence. I want the end of the this this penultimate book, my favorite word, I want it to be such a devastating loss that I give a shit about the last battle. Hmm. Because the problem is, it seems like they're setting up a literal battle. Yeah. And the bad guys are, it's the thing the bad guys are very, 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 very bad at. Mm-hmm. For 12 books. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, 13 books. You know who also never wins a fight? The bad guys Moraine fights in fucking New Spring. She wins that one too. The bad <laughs> guys Moraine in the band, series so. never win a single battle. They, they There's Although no they, retreat. They do manage there's no to murder surrender. the Emberlin seat. So. Uh, off page. Uh, yeah. Again. Again. Yeah, our main say. characters don't lose. And so, yes, I want the Towers of Midnight to be devastating. I want this book to be a fucking route. I want Rand to be alone in the fucking igloo he so fucked Avienda in, going, how the fuck did I lose? I've never lost before. I don't know what to do with that information. So if you had to choose, like, in the Towers of Midnight... Because uh, I, I don't think, based on this series, that, like, you know, everyone's going to lose across the board. No, no, no. But, like, if you were to choose a, a villain to get a win and, like, one of our main characters to get, like, a big L in yeah. this book, who would it be? Uh, Lan at Torrance Gap. Oh, really? I think that's going to be, like, final battle, like, last book kind of stuff. But sure, that's fine. Yeah, but then we have to spend two more books reading about Lan slowly making his way to yes, the last but we're but we're not with Lan. Like, Lan has to travel <laughs> all the way fucking over here, all the way up and, like, through people. So I, I actually don't think that Lan's going to get there this book. But. I think that Lan, Lan, Lan losing at Tarwin's Gap would be an interesting like like battle loss that I think the series needs. Cool. There, okay. There's emotional losses and, and there are those things that people push back on me when they're like, yeah, but Rand is upset about this person dying and I'm like, that's not a loss. That's mm-hmm. not our that's not our villain succeeding at a plan they enact. Mm-hmm. And, and I also find the like, yeah, but the villains don't want to win fights because they want Rand. That is boring if your book is going to be four million words. If, if, you're, if it's a single book, you can do that. You can have the, the villain leading the good guy to the end of the book. But like, we've gone too far. Like we we have passed the point where the villains can, well, no, but the villains know that if they just wait another year of this, they're, we're gonna get to a battle where they can finally use yeah. their full strength. I, I don't wanna fucking read four and a half million right. words waiting for the villains to actually start trying. Then I think we've talked this one to death. So let's yeah, move yeah, on. Yeah, that's fair. That's to, fair. To, to a different question. Um, um, that wasn't even a question. That was just us chatting. Yeah, no, I know. That's why I was. You just keep saying the villains suck, and so I'm uh, pushing. I've us been forward. saying it for a year, and people no, are still I watching know. the show, so I don't know. No, I think I, that's I, what people are here for. And I, and I don't think you are wrong. I want to be clear. It's just like mm-hmm. we, yeah, we, we, 
We know. Uh, Dirt Burb says, both Rand and Egwene have gone through enormous transformations in this book. Mm -hmm. Rand finally coming to terms with his role as a Dragon Reborn and Egwene truly becoming Amarillyn's seat. Mm -hmm. What are your hopes and fears for their future interactions? Yeah, this one makes me nervous. This one makes me nervous yeah. because uh, here's the thing. I think that if Rand had interacted with Egwene before Veins of Gold, it would have gone extremely poorly. Mm -hmm. And now I think it's going to be extremely contentious. Poorly. No, no, no. Like, I think it's going to... I, like, I think it's not going to go very well, but I don't think there's going to be a fucking implosion in the White Tower falls to pieces, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I I know I know that Egwene understands a little bit of what Rand went through, right? We saw that she was sympathetic towards him being in the box when she was, like, cramped in her cell, and she's like, I can't imagine what Rand has gone through. I just think that they are going to want to approach the problems very differently and i think it's going to it's going to take them time to be able to fully work together here's my thing about Egwene. Mm -hmm. and i'm going to say this now because i already know she's going to piss me off Egwene mm -hmm. <clears throat> is going to come into this situation being like i am the amarillyn seat you need to listen to me mm -hmm. and rand is going to go you are the amarillyn seat of a white tower that uh, needs work. Go fix your shit. You have not been here. You are not a part of this. You have not been a part of this. You don't know what's going on. You don't have any of the information. I have been doing this this whole time. I have a whole team of people who know what's going on. We've been interacting with the Dark One. You've been interacting with the White Tower. You, you are not... You, you are in your own story. Yeah, but if Rand tries to control the White Tower for his needs, the Egwene could say the exact fucking same thing. I don't him. think Rand wants or needs the White Tower. I think Rand's whole... What do you mean? Rand is determined to get everybody together for Tarmangaden. Even the Sanchin. You think he'll take he'll take the Sanchin with him, but he won't take the White Tower? No, no, I think that he's like, come show up for the last battle. Yeah. But I think that Rand is going to be... I, but I think that what's going to happen is Egwene is going to show up and start trying to tell Rand what to do. And Rand, I, Rand will, I, I hope, rightfully be like... You don't know what's... Like, you haven't been here for this. You have not been here in the trenches of what this war has been because mm. you've had to go fix your own shit because your shit's fucked. So don't come in here because you finally fixed your own shit and pretend I that mean, you are on this think, journey with us. I don't think that's totally fair because Egwene has been fighting dark friends and Black Aja this entire time. That's been her whole goal. Egwene has not been a part... Egwene is not privy to what is going on, though. Egwene has no can... information about the actual fight that has been happening because she has had to fix the White Tower's crap. But but Egwene has access to the Dream World and the Triangriel. Like, like Egwene, I think, can like fairly easily actually get a handle on what's going on in the world because, yeah, Rand can bop around in like mm -hmm. with traveling, but Egwene can do so in the Dream World she can like contact people. She can actually like get information from different corners of the world where like, I, people are. I, I, I think that you're being a little too harsh on Egwene. I would love. Mm -hmm. I, no, no, no. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I would fucking love if Egwene was mature and spent a little bit of time before she interacts with Rand using everything that you just said mm -hmm. to figure out what Rand has been up to and what the truth of all these rumors are before interacting with him and coming to him with a mature interesting, let's work together response. Mm -hmm. I do not think that that is what is going to happen. Okay, I've read this fair. series for the past year and a bit, for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. I think that Egwene is going to show up and start trying to berate Rand into listening to her because she's the Amarillyn seat and he has to follow her. And it is going to be exhausting because we've already seen her say that. Yeah, We've seen her have that point of view already. But, she, but that was before she had that moment of like, I understand what Rand has gone through. And, and I, I am hopeful that that is, like, a, an integral, like, a, a key moment for her character 
to... Because here's the thing. Even if she didn't go around getting all the information from places, if she, like call the meeting with Rand and, like, asked him, I think that that would also be beneficial without her would having to, like, bop around. But um, the language that she uses in the books mm-hmm. is the Dragon Reborn has to. She yeah. keeps saying that he has to work for the White Tower. Mm-hmm. We have to get him under our control. Aleda well, has allowed him to go what, around doing his own thing. That, no, is, that is the language she has used in the books frequently. Getting she, him under their control? Under the White Tower, yeah. Yes. It has been used a lot, and Egwene, uh, Egwene is, I, I am worried about Egwene's response. If you are correct, and she approaches it the way that you are saying she, I would fucking, if they work together, yeah, I will love it. Because I would love for these two characters who know each other from childhood to sit down and have a genuine meeting where they're honest with each other, yep. and they work together because the last battle's coming. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. And it makes me nervous. Yeah. Because the way Egwene is talking about Rand in the books that we have read. And and the way Aleda should have. The way she talks about it makes me nervous for what we're going to see moving forward. I would love the, yeah. to be wrong. The reason that, I'd love to be wrong. The reason I think that the White Tower is included in the Towers of Midnight mm-hmm. is that I think that, like, Matt's going to go do the thing with the Tower of Genji. Yeah. And I think, I think, maybe... That, like, Rand is going to realize what's going on in the Black Tower and is going to ask Egwene for her help because some of her Aes Sedai are there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I could see the White Tower going against the Black Tower to kind of, like, uh, like defeat a, a bunch of the Dreadlords before the last battle kind of thing. Would love it. So that's that's kind of my hope for the next book and why it's called The Towers of Midnight. It's it's a projection, I know, but, like... You, you, want, to know the, you want to know the line that makes me nervous about Egwene? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was when she's talking about uh, the Black Aja or the uh, the Black Tower, um, uh, um, bonding women, uh, oh. bonding Chandlers, and her saying, "Who? Uh, why did Rand give them permission to do that? Who does Rand think he is to give them permission to do that? Yeah, that exchange makes me very nervous for the next book. And that's why I'm hoping that they will communicate, and Rand will be like, "No, that's I, not what happened." I don't like, think they will. Yeah. I think that Mazram Tame is going to very successfully put a blockade between Rand and Egwene. And yeah. it's going to be the bonding of each other. Like, And yeah. also, Egwene's women going to the Black Tower. Like, I think that Egwene is going to blame Rand for those 20 women that disappeared. And Maybe. I, I'm, I, I'm just nervous about it because I, I, I don't want to see Egwene become another Cat Swain. Yeah. Um, but I see the potential for it mm-hmm. in some of the language she's already used. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm really hopeful they work together be- because I would like to see our good guys work together against bad guys instead of our good guys just not communicate and just create drama amongst themselves. Yeah. Which is my least favorite like, part of this whole series is that, that the, the best conflicts have just been our characters not talking. Yeah, I don't mind when... when good character, like, protagonist characters don't get along. Mm -hmm. It's when they, like, refuse to communicate with one another that I'm like, okay, well, this could all just be solved (laughs) if you spoke to one another. Um, Skeptical Mario asks, somebody once told Gawain that Rand killed his mother. He isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. Did it make sense for him not to live for Elaine? His, oh my god. All right. Uh, very funny. His brain gets smart, but his head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see, so what's wrong with taking the back streets through Tarvalon rescue, to rescue Egwene? Very close, very close. The problem is that you didn't want him to do it, and uh, you need to respect your women. Uh, just because you are the man in the relationship does not mean that you should choose what should happen uh, when your woman explicitly tells you not to do something. 
Uh, Gia yeah. says, The sexy lamp test is a check for character agency. A female character that can be removed from the plot and replaced with a sexy lamp without destroying the story means that she doesn't have any agency. Do you think the Min we see now is a sexy lamp? Sexy lamp test? Yeah, like if you replace a female character with a sexy lamp, would the story change? Is a it's a test. It's it's like the Bechdel test. It's like a it's a feminist. Theory. I have never heard this before. Yeah, hilarious. Um, I don't think right now Min is a sexy lamp. I I think that Min gets a lot of very interesting philosophical musings in the last book. I do yeah. think through a lot of the slog, Min is a sexy lamp. Uh, I think that Robert Jordan, the the thing we get most from Min is that she's having sex with Rand, and uh, she, um, is there. And she wears tight pants and like she and looks hot. And she's reading Herod's, Herod Fell's books. Like at least she is like trying to accomplish something. But yeah. I, I, but in Gathering Storm, I, no, I, I disagree with that in Gathering Storm. Dep- yeah, it depends on the book. Going back to the chapter we talked about earlier in this, where like yeah. I really like Min being the one who says, who's the one who brings up like, hey, like, f- first of all, I think her going to Cat Swain about her thing about Kalendor was interesting. And, and it's about her like using her brain. Because I think that Min knows she's not really that useful in a fight. Yeah. In a in a in a back alley, yes. Min is gray. But I think that the interaction You don't see that dagger coming. Right. Yeah. But that interaction with Semiraj, I think Min like I think the interaction with Semiraj at the end of um, Knife of Dreams is really interesting because it is Min realizing I want to be there for Rand, but I can't do it in a fight where these people have fucking magic. I am not capable. I am a hindrance in this avenue. And so I think she sends a lot of Gathering Storm working even harder on her studies so that she can still be a help in the final battle. And so because her interactions with characters in Gathering Storm are about her trying to, her whole arc in Gathering Storm is trying to become more useful intellectually because she's realized she's not that useful physically. Yeah. I think is actually evidence that a sexy lamp could not replace her. Like, I think yeah. a sexy lamp can't have the arc that she has in this book. Yep. Even though I do think there are earlier books where, yes, I do agree with you. Min is a sexy lamp. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Is there, that fair? Yeah. There was, there was just a lot of slow bits of the slog, especially for Min, where it just... Yeah, she 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 didn't do much. Well, there were sections where her. all Min was was, um, and Min is wrapped around Rand while he's sitting in bed, and like yeah. she's present for scenes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. But no, the, yeah, there there were definitely parts, but I, I wouldn't say right now in Gathering Storm I would agree with that. I think yeah. right now she is, um, right now I think that she's very active within her own narrative. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, I think that part of what helps is that she's not spending time with Rand. So when we do see Min, it's Min doing her own Min shit. Yeah. Um, and it's not just kind of being a hanger on for Rand's mental health. Yep, for um, sure. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Iljwam asks. Well, actually, um, uh, Cising added something. To this. Uh, so, sexy oh. lamp entices male characters and merely sheds light on things he they have to do. I really love her, but she's a non-channeler surrounded by dangers that channeling could help. That doesn't mean that her arc is any less interesting, though. Like, she is clearly, she, like, her intellectual arc is interesting and a part of the story. And she's not just shining light on things for Rand, right? She's shining light on yeah. things for a lot of characters. And I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. 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 Like you said, there are moments where it's kind of like she's, but, but you can't, like, not everybody, there's so many people in this fucking book that not everybody can, like, be doing everything all the time. So, I, yeah. No, I, I, I do not think Min is a sexy lamp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Iltwam says, what do you think the Borderlanders want? We've been hearing about this for, like, four books. What do you think it is? Because I'm, I'm ready to be, I'm ready to find out. Well... 
I honestly, I have no fucking clue. I, there's like, a chance that it's Demandred. Oh, the Demandred has yeah, the Borderlanders? In, the, in that like one scene where they're in Goal, he's like, I, where I'm ruling, I have built an army. Yeah, I thought he meant tame. I thought he was tame. That that is it's also possible that, that it's that. Right? Yeah, my two I don't think it's tame. I think that tame and demanded are different characters. Gotcha. Okay, so you think that that he's got the Borderlanders? Yeah, because Masram Tame was a problem before Demandred would have gotten out of. Yeah, because what the fuck could be more important than like watching the blight? You know, like. But no, but I mean, like Masram Tame would have been. Um, Masram Tame would have been in Shail Ghul, still trapped in the boar, when Masram Tame. Sorry, Demandred would have still been in um, trapped in the boar when Masram Tame was. Wreaking havoc on oh, Saldea. Oh, when he was a fake dragon. So, so in order for tame, oh. this tame to be Demandred, you're right. Then it would mean that that tame actually died, and Demandred came in and replaced, which is possible because tame disappears for a while and then comes back. Yeah. But I don't think that I, I don't think that that's what it is. Okay. Okay. James Gunn, thank you for that super chat. Thank you. I love uh, Peacemaker. You're this is great. Attack on Titan reactions are embarrassing. Thank you. Appreciate cool. your money. Thank you for paying me to tell me that. Yeah. Uh, your Life is probably embarrassing, so good luck with that. I hope you're happy. Good one. I hope you're happy now. I hope you're proud how you could wallow in submission to feed your own ambition. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, uh, my God. I know. Attack on Titan uh, fandom is the gift that keeps on giving. Y'all. Uh, yes. Thank you. I'm going to get myself a little ice cream. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to briefly comment on Attack on Titan. Oh. I'm interested in the show. I, I, I want to keep watching it. Uh, and so we're going to keep watching it because I, I, I am still interested. I don't love it. I don't think it's the greatest thing ever. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's better than a lot of television shows. I'm just critical of parts of it uh, and other parts of it I think are very but brilliant. some people's brains can't handle critical thinking. I know, but what's so funny so. is people are like, you should stop for us. And I'm like, or you should stop watching the reactions. Yeah, you it don't have to I don't watch care them. if you watch them or not. I don't know if you know this, but like you, you don't have to watch them. <laughs> you, you really don't have to watch them. If um, no one told you that before, I'm so sorry. Just, this is a formal apology, but you you are more than welcome to just not watch them. And so it's it's so funny because like I don't I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't care if you don't like the reactions. Yeah. I don't care if you don't like my opinions of the Wheel of Time. You're welcome to be here. You're welcome to not be <laughs> Book here. Book Club knows. I'm not I am not Mr. Beast. I'm not bending over to be the biggest person in the world. No. I, I'm not like Miss and like and and that's not me dissing Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast is a brilliant content creator, mm. but he has to be for everybody because his his stated goal his stated goal is to be the biggest YouTuber ever. Yep. So, so he has to be, to be a little for everyone. Close, I'm know? not for everyone, and I don't fucking care. I'm yeah. not trying to be. I don't want to be your friend. I might want to be your friend if we meet in person and you're cool. But like, we have fifty thousand people who are subscribed to this channel. I am not trying to be best friends with all of y'all. If you like the content, watch it. If you don't, don't. I, I would rather be niche. That's me. I am a strong personality, and I'm not going to water myself down for your ego. I don't know you. Don't watch the shit. I don't care. I, I really don't. I'm going to be fine. If we don't get 15,000 views on an Attack on Titan video, my ego is a-okay, because I, I just don't give a shit. I'm enjoying watching the show. Yeah, sometimes I'm critical of it. Being critical of something doesn't mean I'm not enjoying watching it. Mm -hmm. 
because you can have that. I really fucking hated reading the slog. They don't, and they don't. I know, but like, I I didn't like the slog. It was tough. Some of those weeks, I was reading at 3 a.m. before book club because I literally put it off as long as I could. (laughs) And guess what? Now we're at the Gathering Storm, and I'm so glad I got through this log because this was one of my favorite books I've ever read. Honestly, though. I would not trade the experience of going through this log for the world because of where we are now. That's mm-hmm. the reality of the world. I would finish this series whether you all stopped watching the book club or not at this point. <laughs> Stop if you want. If you don't like our shit, yeah, yeah. don't watch it. Yeah. I genuinely don't give a shit. I only want you here if you're having a good time. And if you're not, fuck, go... F- this is a three-hour show. We have we have put out, what, probably <laughs> 80 hours of Attack on Titan reactions? Why are you spending 80 hours of your life ma- letting me upset you? Fuck off. Rent free, Go y'all. be happy. I Rent am free. begging you, begging you, go be happy. Find <laughs> shit that makes you happy. Th- th- it's out there. Mm. But if you're just mad, coming into my content being like, why are you making me mad? I didn't invite you here. Go do whatever you want with your life. Yeah. Live it. Enjoy it. Be be happy. Surround yourself with the things that bring you joy. For me, it's this woman and being on the, and the content we make for y'all. That is what makes me happy, and that's why I spend my time doing it. And yes, sometimes I don't like an episode of Attack on Titan. That's fine because I am happy watching shit with you. It's what makes my whole life wonderful. We watched Princess Mononoke the other day because our patrons oh demanded it. Oh my god, it. that fucking movie! Watching that movie with you was a magical experience. I love the content that we make. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm I am spending my life doing what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Do the same, man. Seriously. Find what makes you happy and go do that instead of being here every day being like, "Why are you ruining my life by not loving a television show that I love?" Go be happy. Please, I am fucking begging you. <laughs> I'm going to keep watching the show with this woman because it brings me joy. Mm-hmm. Because I feel joy. Go find your joy, man. That's all I'm asking. Uh, I've officially assume it's because they have nothing better to do. Melinda Craft! Uh, thank you for that super thank chat. Thank you for that super chat. I'm glad you enjoy my dulcet tones. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we've got a, a, a... Nerdy's gonna do a dramatic reading for you guys soon. It's gonna be... It's gonna oh. be great. <laughs> guys, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, wait. And thank you for that super chat. Uh, don't listen to those weirdos dropping in until I love your Attack on Titan reaction since the beginning. You're both really cool. Thank you. Thank you so thank much, you so Emma. Much. I appreciate that. And uh, we really appreciate that, you know? Uh, Jeremiah Alden, uh, I'll have to watch later. Just wanted to say hi and drop some sword. Thank you for that super chat. Thank That's very kind. you. Y'all, look at the Y'all length. Y'all are the best. I appreciate it. Look at the length of this DM I got. <laughs> yeah, this just... is this is one message. Sorry, podcast listeners. But uh, podcast listeners, there will be a video of me doing a dramatic reading of this relatively yeah, yeah. soon. Yeah, just, just, just give it a scroll. Look at the length of this Twitter DM I got. Look at that. Can you fucking believe this? I'm gonna read you the last line. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. Here's the last line. Spoilers. You are so incredibly pathetic that you are honestly not worthy of any more of my words nor my time. Just know that I will forever detest you for your failure and everything you stand for, and that no matter what happens, I will never ever forgive you. My favorite thing is it's like you're no longer worth all my words. Um, 750 words later, like. <laughs> do you want to know? Do you want to know why they sent me this DM? Because I don't like Erwin Smith. Yeah. They sent me a DM about how terrible I am because I don't like a character in an anime. I cannot wait to read the whole thing for you all because I have not yet yeah. read the full thing because I have a life. Meth, not even once, y'all. Meth, not even once. <laughs> 
Matthew, Matthew thanks for joining the Nards. Table. Happily leaves a mean comment. Thank leave you. a mean comment thank down below. Thank you for the comment for the algorithm gods. <laughs> Daniel Jennings, thank you for the super chat. Thank you. <laughs> I like how Claris is awkwardly laughing as if she isn't worse than nerdy. Mm, also, do you know you. what hate watching is? Watching your reactions is the equivalent of watching bad movie for the sake of comedy. Thank you for that super chat. That's thank so you. kind of you. Appreciate that. The money, Go find your joy. <laughs> the, the the money is is great. It's not rent free anymore. Y'all are literally paying us to exist in your brain. So I appreciate that. I need to stop saying rent free because all of the people it's who sign up for our Patreon they to be are mad at us. Paying money. They're paying. Yeah, they pay me rent yeah. to be mad. Yeah. God, I love my. I life. don't pay money to watch shit I don't like. But yeah. that's just me personally. I just I just love it. I love it because people are like. The, the, the weird thing is that people are like, you need to stop watching this because clearly you're not having a good time. And I'm like, do I seem like I'm not having a good time? My life is fantastic. Yeah. Y'all. Yeah, the, the Attack on Titan fandom is is truly unhinged. It's, right. it's been it's been a it's 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 been a journey. What do you think the Borderlanders want? It was easy to distract us from this question because I don't fucking know. I know. And that's the thing is, like, maybe going back and reading, there are hints and stuff. Like, I would be able to see yeah. some foreshadowing. But right now, mm-hmm. it's it's tough. It's tough. I... You should start a weekly show called Hate on Us for Money. <laughs> you just, just, yeah, you can, you can pay us money. I should start, uh, we should start an attack. Uh, you no, know, when we're done, I'll do mm-hmm. an, I will do a 12-hour Attack on Titan live stream. Where I will talk about Attack on Titan all day, uh, mm-hmm. and you can come fight me. And I will call it Fight Me Erwin Smith. <laughs> and I'm going to get that shirt made that just says anyone but Erwin yeah, in yeah, the Attack yeah. on Titan logo. Yeah. Yeah. Because why not? Uh, yeah, I don't know what the Borderlanders want, Ishwam, to be honest. I wish I had, like, a really cool theory about it, but I just, I don't. Craptacular says the Borderlanders want to build a wall, and they want the Trollocs to pay for it. <laughs> Krisu says, both Rand and Egwene fight great battles. This book, one is internal, the other external. How do you think they worked as parallels and what parts mm-hmm. did you like or not like about them? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I did not like uh, none of it. I, I don't know. I, I really like Gathering <laughs> Storm. I'm trying to think yeah. of like a negative of either of those stories, but I actually think both are handled really well in this book. No, yeah. I, oh, I fucking hate Cat Swain, but you know. Yeah, but I love I love the parallels between them. Like thematically, this book was just so strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I, like, I, yeah, I don't. I didn't really dislike any parts of them. Someone is coming into our chat typing Timmy yeah. from South Park. Is yeah. it? Is it 2010? Like, we uh, time travel. Are you still actually. making that joke in 2023? Yes. Oof. Yes. Oof. Some people's sense of humor, like. They, 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 like, find one thing funny at, like, nine years old, and then they never mature. Those people concern me. I'm like, do you, th- there are new jokes. People have, <laughs> There are new jokes! South Park has come up There's with new jokes since different then. Different meme formats. Um, yeah. Yeah, woof. Uh, Nadine. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, we're still in the middle of a question. Uh, the parallels are interesting. I, I think it's mm-hmm. all good stuff. Like, I think, um, I, I do wish Egwene's victory could have been a little bit more... I guess I I wish Egwene's victory could have been a little bit more her and less reliant on like the Sanchen attack. Um, there's a version of it where it could that could have happened, but I but even that, like that is like it would have been different but not better. Like I, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think it just kind of sped it along. I think she was gonna win. You know what I mean? Like I yeah, think she was true. doing exactly what she needed to. Uh, I think it would happen, but yeah, I think that the Sanchen just kind of was like 
a spark that fast tracked the that that storyline, which and, I was and grateful Tam for. Tam showing up was the spark that fast tracked Rand's storyline. Rand, yeah. yes, exactly. So they, yeah, I mean, I, I think they really work as parallels. I, I think that um, they are. It was nice to have a book in this franchise, frankly, that was anchored by something like that. Like the parallel mm-hmm. of those two stories anchors the whole novel and, mm-hmm. and allows the Gathering Storm to feel like a book on its own, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just being a meander that continues the story, right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't really have like an end goal of the book. Uh, I, I also think that Rand's moment, uh, the Veins of Gold chapter, and the buildup of Egwene uh, taking over the White Tower and reunifying it, um, it plays out throughout the whole book. Whereas I think that some of Robert Jordan's third acts, which are interesting and huge, like like the cleansing of the taint, sort of are their yeah. own chapter that comes out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah. Like the the end of Winter's Heart, like there's this sort of interesting thing that happens in Farmatting. Mm-hmm. And then they leave Farmatting around is like, all right, let's go do the thing. And then they go do the thing. Yeah. Uh, same with the f- chapter where Rand goes and fights Samael, where like Rand is like, oh, I'm going to go fight Samael later today. But before I do that, I'm going to, or no, I'm, I'm going to go fight Raven uh, at the end of this book. But before I do that, I'm going to go down to this camp and have this other battle and have this other injury where there's yeah, like yeah, this yeah. like a random thing that happens and then it leads into a big moment. Yeah. This was like the big moment was a payoff of the arc of this book. And I think Brandon Sanderson wrote that really well. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you 100%. Uh, James Gunn, again, really love Peacemaker and uh, thank you for your money. Uh, please keep giving it to us. Um, it's gonna. Did you just? Yeah, they paid more money. To tell us it was their last comment. It's their last comment, you know. It's the last comment. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your money. Thank I will uh, have great breakfast or uh, brunch after this. Um, Ooh, yes. We could do brunch, brunch before Spider-Verse. Brunch sounds good. Uh, Nadine. I'll drink to that. Dude, I have so much company in my head because of that first got I sent. know. This is your own fault. Nadine asks, how many Forsaken do you think are still alive at the end of the Gathering Storm? Mm-hmm. What do you think Itaralde will do, if anything, once he hears about Rand abandoning Bendariban? Um. So, okay. So, at the end of the Gathering Storm, we know... Methany, uh, uh, thank you for that super chat. The term you're looking for is Sander Lanch. Right, right, right. I didn't feel a Sander Lanch. I don't know what that... It's it's kind of like it's when you open the floodgates and a bunch of things kind of come together and it, it makes for like a beefy section, right? Like every chapter is a fucking banger, one right after the other, and we kind of got that s- section here at the end of the book. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I <laughs> think the pacing of the of this novel is really strong in hindsight. I, I think there's a lot of foreshadowing that that is paid off really well. I don't think it was a like a thing. like I don't think that, that that's a bad thing. I just think that like Sanderson has a structure that people have like coined the term Sanderlange. Oh, see, I think the structure of this is very similar to Robert Jordan's. It's just stronger. I I, I think that the the, huh. the structure of these books is very similar. I just mm-hmm. think that Brandon Sanderson's use of structure is yeah. better than Robert Jordan's. Is, which I, I've always thought structure was Robert Jordan's weakness, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Metheny and Sammy, thank you for that uh, super chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deadsy, thank you for that super chat. I, I don't like your AOT reactions either, but I haven't watched them yet. Well, good. You don't. know what? Honestly, don't. <laughs> Just don't click on them. I don't fucking care. Um, uh, Bazimian uh, brings up an interesting point. <laughs> thank you for the super uh, chat. And says, someone here is into Findom. You know what, John, James Gunn? I am sorry. You're right. Uh, James Gunn, I... Sorry, we don't kink shame here. I, You know what? Um, and I, I should be doing a better job as your Findom. So um, thank you so much. For that money, but the truth is that you owe me more. 
Yeah. You should be a good little boy and give me more money. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, you're a bad little boy and you'll need to be punished. Yeah. So, James Gunn. Uh, Spankings are very prevalent here. That's not so. going to be your last comment because you owe me. Yeah. And you're going to be a good little boy and give me more money, okay? Mm -hmm. Good boy. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Smart corner game early. I think James Gunn just got so hard. I do love that he's using James Gunn's name now because it is so much fun I to know, say. Right? He's a like, good boy, James Gunn. James Gunn is like, yeah, go react to more woke Marvel. And I'm like, yeah, sure, James Gunn. Sure, James Gunn. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, uh, Dobby123 says... Oh, uh, no, no. Um, sorry, we need to answer that question. How many Forsaken do you think are still alive at the end of The Gathering Storm? Demandred? Demandred. Morden. Morden. Mogidian. Lanfear. Yeah. That's Sindane and, and Mogidian. Masana. Oh, yeah. Masana's still alive. Asmodian could be alive if he wasn't Balefire, but I don't think he is. No, I don't think Asmodian is alive. Um, but that would mean that he was Balefired. Or that the Dark One didn't want to the bring The Dark him back. One was like, nah, fuck that guy. I think so. Excuse me. Uh, Rantel Moore, thank you for that super chat. I don't like your reactions to Wheel in Time Season 3 that haven't happened yet. You know what? That's fair. fair. That's fair. It's probably going to suck real bad. Well, I mean, um, I, Shor Ag Shalu is going to be in that season, so. Who knows if we're doing reactions for Season 3? I know. Uh, I think just those five, right? Are we? Who are we missing? Uh, yeah, I think that that's. Masana, Demandred, Lanfear. Mogidian, Moradin. I think oh, that's Halima's it. Oh, Halima's alive. Oh, Halima is alive. I Arangar. forgot about Halima. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arangar. But Dashiva's not. No, Dashiva is. Well, actually, Dashiva didn't get hit with Balefire, did he? Yeah, he did. He did. Okay, I was yeah, like, he fuck, did. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he got hit with Balefire. Because he died using Balefire and it bounced back on him, right? Was that it? I think so. Fuck, I can't remember. I that can't moment remember. was like, wah! But I, I can't even remember the, the details. Um, I have to pee so Um, I think the borderline, I think it's Teralde is going to, I think Il Teralde is going to surprise Rand, actually, and not abandon his post. Uh, I think Il, I think Il Teralde is going to hear about um, him bandering, uh, abandoning Bandariban, and I think that uh, Rand is going to be surprised by... Um, I think that Rand is going to be surprised that uh, Itzeralde does not abandon his post, actually. And I think that's going to be what's interesting about it. Um, Project Myrtle says, by the way, why is all fem femdom pain-based? Uh, can't a guy just get used for sex by some beautiful women? Uh, you're not having the right kind of femdom if it's all pain-based. There are many forms of femdom. Uh, I am a fan of some of them. I'm not a fan of others. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I think that you need to find a dom that is going to work with, you know, what you want, um, that experience to be. Not all femdom is even sex-based, right? You can be dommed in a lot of ways. And I think that what it is, is that you need to work with a dom that is interested in the kind of things that you're interested in and just be really open and communicative. Uh, domination, submission are very fun elements of sex, uh, that if you use with consent and with open communication and with, you know, proper safe words and, you know, making sure that you're safe and effective together, uh, that you, you both have a great time in whatever it is that you want to be doing. I think that that is, um, it's an important part of life uh, for those people who enjoy it. If you're ace or if you're arrow and you don't want to have sex, that's also acceptable too. But if you want to participate in femdom, I think there's a lot of different versions of it. And you just need to find someone who has the same tastes, interests, and desires that you do and come up with a system to do that fun and safely. What's fun and safe? Uh, femdom. 
yeah, you know, if that's your thing, why not? By the way, I uh, I, I would love to go to brunch um, Sunday, so my PayPal is clarispolaris at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> you are not a femdom. I know. You, you fucking know that. Are you kidding me? That's like when the thing you're ever... least comfortable with. I'm like, yeah, give money now, right here. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I know. Can you imagine how much money we would have if you were comfortable with it? It'd be so much. Maybe. Uh, yeah, Mega maybe. K Wang, thank you for being a member for 16 months. Uh, joined late today and just felt like ha- leaving some positivity in your love, you guys. Thank you so much. Smiled thank all the way you. through last week's show. It's because it was a fucking great fucking banger ending thank of a book. You. Fucking crushed it. Uh, do I want to Google Femdom? No, you don't, Christian Rapper. Uh, Daniel Jennings, thank you for that super chat. I agree with James Gunn. Trash reactors, you guys really brought the AOT fan base together like Daniel, a common enemy. But man, Clarice is unbearable. Daniel, you need to give your mom's credit card back. She is not going to appreciate these charges. No, but no. Thank you for the stop, money. Stop. Stop. Sorry. Stop. No, keep keep her credit Daniel card. Daniel Jennings, t- tell me tell me how bad a reactor I am. Come yeah. on. Ooh. Keep giving me your money. Come on, tell me. Mm-hmm. T- tell me I'm a bad reactor. I'm a, oh, I'm such a bad <laughs> reactor, Daniel Jennings. Oh, my God. I'm the worst reactor. Oh my God, I'm, I'm such a dirty, dirty reactor. Boy. Oh, my God. I have a little bit of, oh, my God. I have a little attack on Titan on my cheek, what Daniel. What are you going to do about I'm so, it? I'm so bad. Uh, my my favorite is my favorite thing is people are like you brought the Attack on Titan fan base together, and like it's not true because a lot of people really like our reactions. So. I love my life. I'm so lucky to live the I life think- I live, and people are like, "Oh my god, you must be miserable." I'm like, "What are you talking about? I, my life is so great." I think me asking for brunch money works because now we've made like what forty dollars uh, off of people being upset oh at our Attack god. on Titan reactions. So I'm I'm gonna milk this forever because this is be so fun. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Christian rapper? I I hope so, but I don't think so. What? Oh, they, you have to read the comment. This is a podcast. You yeah, have to sorry, read the sorry. comment you're on. Christian Rapper's like, are these guys joking? It has to be. And you know what? I don't think that they are. I think that they are generally, genuinely giving us money mm-hmm. to 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 be upset what with is, us. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's let's keep talking about the wheel of time because this show is our, we're we're at the hour and a half mark. We got to keep going. We're not halfway through the questions. Nah. Um. All right. Uh. So. Um, we've got, where, where, where did you leave off at? How many forsaken? Oh, the, I, I, I said the, uh, I think the Borderlanders are going to surprise, I think Rodel Iteralde is going to surprise Rand and, uh, not give up on the blight just because he gave up on Bander Ivan. I think so too. I think that that's the more interesting choice. Yeah. So, so yes, I, I agree with you there actually. Dobby123 says, do you mind being told which parts of the Wheel of Time series were written by Brandon Sanderson versus Robert Jordan as you read? Uh, I don't mind, but I don't believe it. I don't think there is any element of the end of these books that Brandon Sanderson didn't at least edit. Uh, and so I think that um, the Wheel of Time fan base probably is very obsessed with the idea that some of it is pure Jordan and some of it is pure Sanderson. And I don't think that either of those are true. I think yeah. that that is just speculation on interviews that um, I don't really care about because it doesn't matter. Yeah. If the story's good, the story's good. And if the story's not, the story's not. Like, I'm not going to sit here and shit on Robert Jordan because I'm not, like, saying that he's a bad writer. I don't think the slog is very good. And I think he wrote some bad books. Yeah. But I also think he wrote The Shadow Rising, which is one of the top five fantasy books I've read in my life. Yeah. So I don't care, really. It doesn't matter who wrote what word. Um, That's my take on it. I, I, I agree. I think that it's definitely more of a 
collaborative effort than maybe I had originally thought. You know, people are like, yeah, some of them wrote entire sections of this and this. And I think that, like, even in that case, you still have your editors to go through, right? Like, it's not, it's never just one single person unless sometimes maybe it is. But, like, usually you need that outside eye. You need a perspective. And whether or not that came from Harriet or from Brandon, like, yeah. I, I think that it's just it's inherently more collaborative than we might be giving it credit for. Because um, even Brandon Sanderson's maybe like I might just tweak this because of what I wrote previously, just to make sure the the flow works, right? Yeah, yeah. And like I think it doesn't matter if the book is good, the book is good. Yeah. And I think it's a collaboration between two men. It, look, if Brandon Sanderson came across as not respecting Jordan and having if if he had a different outlook on it. I would care more. Yeah. But because Brandon Sanderson's, from what I can tell, came into this series going, I love Robert Jordan. I love this series. I want to do my damnedest to honor that man. It doesn't matter to me. This is uh, this is two men working in collaboration to tell a story that I'm greatly enjoying. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter who wrote which word to me. It, it really doesn't. I'm I'm invested and I care about these characters and I'm here. Yeah. And I'm happy to be here. And so that that's just how I feel. It, you know what? I, I don't think Brandon Sanderson wrote any words to disrespect Robert Jordan. No, and I, no, no, I bet no, no, no. Today he wouldn't, right? Yeah. I, I, I. So to me, it's just it's just a beautiful collaboration between two men to finish a series that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loadbolt, thank you for the brunch money. Thank you for that super Appreciate chat. That. Let's do this. Gonna have brunch. a mimosa, some waffles. It's gonna be great. Make some waffles. Uh, all right. Um, Silent Mists says, were there any parts of The Gathering Storm that did not feel like something Jordan wrote or were otherwise different from the previous books? I mean, yeah, but uh, off the top of my head, there were a few in, there were, there were times where I was like. She folded her arms without putting them under her breasts. Yes. Was the moment yeah, that I knew. Yeah, the one where she didn't fold, but they weren't under her breasts. She just folded her arms. Um, there were, like there a were, normal person. There were a couple things. Uh, the, the way Brandon Sanderson describes the use of the magic <laughs> is different than Robert Jordan. That's fair. Yeah. There, there's times where he he plays with magic systems in a way that I don't think Robert Jordan did. Uh, and people say that that is very common in his books. So yeah. I, I definitely got that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. The one power feels different now, uh, but not in a bad way. I, I like the way Brandon Sanderson writes it. Yes. Um, and I like the way Robert Jordan wrote the one power mostly. So I, I don't know. Yeah. He definitely talks less about picking like the he talked. Brandon Sanderson does not talk about the weaves as much. Mm. Uh, whereas Robert Jordan brought up the weaves a lot. Fair. Um, and I have a feeling that Brandon Sanderson, if. I could interview him and he was being 100% honest. I think that he would say that he didn't visualize the weaves the same way Robert Jordan did. Um, yeah. Honestly. So that that's that's one of the things I notice. Yeah. No, that's fair. The characters communicate more than I think Robert Jordan ever wrote. Yeah. Yeah. I will agree with that one. Larna. Uh, thank you for that super chat. Can you tell if it's a lowercase l or a capital I? So it might be Larna or Iarna. So Either. So I like sorry. your profile picture. Uh, uh, this is top tier book club content. Thank You're you. top tier book club content. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. No, you. We're we're gonna start a Findom podcast where it's just you. You pay us super chats, and we'll just, you know, tell you to keep giving us super chats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do that on your, and uh, it could do really well. Yeah, I know, but I'm bad at it. <laughs> that might be fun. <laughs> Me just like really being like, yeah, give me your money. Like I was like, <laughs> like. The Uncomfy Findom. What are you going to do? We should make do that a web series. The Uncomfy, that, the uncomfy Findom <laughs> is such a funny idea. Matthew Howard Jr., thank you for that super chat. Thank you so much. How would you rate um, your suspension of disbelief to make the Wheel of Time work for you? I'd never suspend my disbelief. That's why I complain so much. Well, it's fantasy, so the suspension of disbelief is consistent because it, it's it's not possible. I don't believe in suspension of disbelief. 
That's not true. No. I just believe. <laughs> I believe. I believe in fairies, y'all. That's why I clapped so hard at Peter Pan. <laughs> wow. I was not prepared for that. I also, um, I, I hate that scene in Peter Pan so much because the Peter Pan does not break the fourth wall. And then there's just one scene in the middle of act two where you have on, to break guys. the fourth wall and talk to the audience. And you're like, fucking oh hate my it. God, I no, fucking hate it. no, I did. Like I it. did Peter Pan at the Fulton Theater in 2019. Yeah. Uh, and we, it was the most incredible production. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Robin, who's the artistic director at the Fulton, is um, a master uh, mm-hmm. who I'm very grateful for because a lot of my career I owe to him. Yeah. Um, but uh I loved every single section second of that production, except, except for one. when our poor Peter Pan had to. The curtain comes down. And he's like, "Come on, guys, come on!" And on like a Wednesday afternoon, there's one dad who's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." And then, oh, Tinkerbell's alive because that one guy was the only person who fucking did it. Thanks, you lot. You I hate asshole I hate, children. I hate that. I, we did what, uh, have one show where a kid, where a kid, probably like a twelve year old boy, was like, "Let her die." Wow. <laughs> I lost wow. it. That Love would have it. been me as a kid. I was terrible. Um, but in terms of Matthew's like question, um, I think that the, the biggest like suspension and disbelief is from is is a personal thing for me that, that nobody fucking communicates. And I'm just I'm really grateful that I've surrounded myself with people who can communicate because I don't have fucking time for that. But for a lot of people this not communication thing is a very real huge part of their life, and so they don't really have to suspend their disbelief that much. I, I'm more willing to suspend my disbelief for magic systems than I am for the, the lack of communication stuff. in the series. Does that make sense? I think the but better... The problem is, like, I, I genu- like genuinely, like, th- that's how people in the world interact. And I, kn- I know that even though I don't, like, have to deal with it, but mm-hmm. it's still... I think the, the Okay, so here's, here's my problem with the Wheel of Time. I think that if some of the characters reacted that way and others didn't, I would believe it more. But because mm-hmm. everybody because is everybody. the same, mm-hmm. it is weird. Yeah. It's, it's like the spanking thing. Because every culture in this world spanks, it makes all the cultures feel weird. Because spanking is just the thing that everybody does. Yeah. And nobody's different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the, so when you, when you have something like that, it, it, that, that gets more in my way than the magic. I'm not going to like, I don't really care how, I'm not going to like super harp on the magic unless you introduce something and it doesn't work the same way later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um. Or, or if you try and make the magic system a mystery, which is like what Attack on Titan does, where I'm like, don't make this a mystery. Just have this work. And, and then have the mystery be how they feel about it or who's doing what. Like, you don't make how the world works a mystery because then I get frustrated. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, um, fair. Yeah. Uh, Dimitrios asks, if Rand killed Tam, I think that would have been enough to turn him completely dark and destroy the world. So if at the end of the last chapter he used the Chodan Call to destroy the world, making it the, making this the last Wheel of Time book, how do you think the majority of Wheel of Time fans would have reacted and how would you have reacted? It oh, I would have been pissed. Unsatisfying. Yeah, that would have been a fucking terrible ending. Yeah, narratively, that's that's not satisfying. Whether or not it's also the wrong time for it. What do you? Sorry, what do I you don't mean? mind if Rand destroys the world at the end of this. That'd be interesting. Oh but like, yeah, but the, just, there's yeah. so many plot lines that haven't been like like why the fuck was Elaine in this? Why did Rand have three wives? Why like what? Avienda ran off to Ruidian, and we never get that story. Like if you if yeah. the book were to end here with all of these Perrin. I guess got his wife back and then was in flux for a book. Yeah. Matt married Tuan for no fucking reason. Like yeah. it would be the worst. It would be absolutely fucking 
awful. I would burn the books. I'd be like, this was a waste of a fucking series. If Rand, if, if it ends here with Rand just destroying the world because he kills his dad, like that would be yeah, miserable. Yeah, I would have been, been pissed. You don't, you don't have, yeah. It, it, yeah, I literally would have been reading like 12 books for kind of no reason. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so just, I would have hated that. Yeah, it, it that would suck. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Tink Dinkle, fucking great name. Where do you think Luce Theron's <laughs> palace is? It's Luce what? Theron? It's gone. It was where Dragon Mount was, but it's gone now because he destroyed it when he made Dragon Mount. I don't understand the question. Wait, no. No, he didn't make Dragon Mount out of his palace. Yeah, he did. No. He was in his palace looking at his dead wife, and he went, ah, and he became a mountain. And then he traveled away. No, he did it. No, we watched the Wheel of Time Origins. He did it from the spot where his palace was. In the origins? I don't think in the books. He steps through a, a traveling circle. Like, he, like, leaves. It's not It's not his palace. Yeah, he left before he made Dragon Mount. I just assumed it was in the Blight somewhere. Because the Blight had moved so far in that I just assumed... <gasps> what if Luz Theron's palace was... No, Lucerne would have recognized it. I was going to say, what if that was Grendel's little um, spot? But I, I, but I think Lucerne would have... I, I, and then I'm assuming it's gone in the breaking, right? Like, why would it have survived? Maybe it's in Ruidian? Well, I mean, th things got moved around during the breaking. Uh, Maybe yeah. Ruidian. Oh, you think it could be Ruidian, and that's why it's got all the... Well, Ruidian is just the only city we've been to that still has a lot of Age of Legends houses. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Like, because otherwise, otherwise, like, wait, I don't know. Because we, we haven't been to any cities that have a lot of, like, buildings from the Age of Legends. Everything's yeah. been built relatively recently. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I don't know. It could be anywhere. But also, like, it's not in... Because like, when Rand the went Ogier to Ruidian, uh, Theron wasn't really that prevalent. But we know that Theron has been to Ruidian before. Because that is where the Aes Sedai met at the end of the, uh, like, the Aes Sedai's um, stuff was there. When Rand was in his backstory Ruidian, there were a bunch of Aes Sedai from the Age of Legends in Ruidian. Maybe? Okay, we know that Moradin has a palace in the Blight. Maybe that's Luce Theron's palace. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If if Moradin is building his, like, army from Luce Theron's home... Old I home. also, yeah. I also don't need it to be like I don't think loose parent. It, it's been so long. Ruidian was built post breaking. How it has different like technology. I don't know. You know, statistically, what? it's most likely under the ocean. Nicholas Reed nailed yeah, it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, I think maybe that's where Moradin's staging his, well, just hanging out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Tink Tinkle says, I'm looking forward to your upcoming roleplay relay. What <laughs> scenes or concepts from the Wheel of Time have influenced you as a player or game master for TTRPGs? Prophecies. No. It's uh, influenced me to, um, there will be no prophecies in the roleplay relay. I know. Uh, it has influenced me to uh, force my players to communicate more. I'm demanding it. I mean, I think... I demand communication. I, I think, luckily, we're all pretty on top of the communication. We're all seasoned TTRPG players, which, yeah. is, which is nice. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're excited for the relay. That I'm, makes me happy. I'm kind of leaving Wheel of Time stuff out of the relay because I want to run a Wheel of Time game either later this year or early, probably early next year. We'll probably do it in, like, 
January, February, March next year. Yeah. Um, I want to do like a weekly thing for a few weeks where we play a, like a 12 session D&D or like not probably not d and I'll probably build it in a different system. Um, uh, I'm going to look at the Wheel of Time TTRPG. But yeah, I, I, I want to keep Wheel of Time concepts out of the relay because I want to save the ideas that I have for this world for the Trolloc Wars. Um, Fair. I, I want to run a game in the Trolloc Wars as an actual play on stream uh, is my goal in the next year. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it before. So uh, I'm kind of keeping Wheel of Time stuff out of this. But uh, yeah, I think like just the general like Robert Jordan's fantasy world building, I think, has definitely influenced me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it because we know we're gonna do some Wheel of Time TTRPG stuff. Mm-hmm. It's 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 we're, it, this is one is probably gonna feel a lot different. And also, well, I guess not that it matters, but not all the players have read Wheel of Time, so it's like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is there anything you took from like the 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 series that you're like, I I love how certain things were, like, handled, maybe. I, I guess it's hard, because if you're writing a novel, it's easier to get, like, that kind of influence, I think. Mm-hmm. But you're not in charge of how the story actually plays out. So. Yeah. That's that. That's, yeah, it's kind of a tough one. Did we lost the Jack the Diamond? Oh, no. no? It's okay. public, though. So if you go to the page, it's there. Oh. Yeah. What's there? The shirt Guys, there. happy Pride. Uh, you can buy a, uh, we have a Pride thing. If you want. Wow. 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 That was so like, I was going to be like, I was going to say like, like a... oh, well, we'll announce it next week then, I guess. But like, oh my God, this motherfucker. Y'all, happy fucking pride. Uh, we're here and we're queer and I fucking hate beer. Um, but we, we. Wow, that was what? ridiculous. Why would you say that? Because I hate beer. Oh, wait, I can't just open fourth wall. No, you can go to Nerdy Nightly. Wait, wait, wait. What is it? Okay. Dash fourthwall.com or no. Is it here, Nerdy here, here, Nightly? Here. Da- there. No, no, no. I don't want the dashboard though. No, you want you want the shop. Um fourthwall.com. Wait, wait. Dakuna, Dakuna pulled it up. Dakuna pulled it up. Thank you, Dakuna, for saving our asses. Uh so we created a by Sedai beanie. Um oh, look wow. Thanks. That has so over here it has the by colors. Uh, with the purple in the middle. You can't see the purple in the middle as much here. Uh, and then if we scroll down, we also have the Bye Sedai shirt. Hell you can yeah. see the purple in the middle a little bit better on the shirt there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you want to be Bye Sedai with us, um, look at it. Look look at how beautiful that is. Hell yeah. Look at that purple. Um, yeah, you, uh, most of you know, Clarice and I are both bisexual. Um, pansexual, whatever the term is, Whichever but this is one. the color I. This is the color scheme I go with. Yeah. Uh, so in honor of the Aes Sedai, we have the Bi Sedai shirt. Yeah. Uh, and Bi Sedai beanie mm-hmm. now available in our fourth wall store. Let's go. You want to be cool like this dude who's definitely bisexual. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, alongside our other merch for Pride, uh, it'll probably just stay in the store forever. But uh, we're yeah. launching it for Pride because we are bi and we want to celebrate our sexuality. Um, uh, her brows are fantastic. I know, right? Look at that. Look at that. God damn. Just put her face over my face for the rest of the book club. <laughs> All right. Next uh, question. Thanks, y'all. That is a launch. Enjoy. Buy it. Don't we buy it. Do whatever it. the fuck you want. Find your joy. That's the that's the moral of the day. I want you to be happy. I just yeah. want everyone to be happy. That's all I want in life. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Cast Rob says. In Knife of Dreams, Galena was taken away by the Shido as Tharaba's slave. In Gathering Storm, Alayda is taken away by the Sanjin to become Domain. How do we feel about the similarities here? I don't like it. I don't I don't love it. 
Yeah, slavery being used as, like, punishment... For women we don't like is not my favorite thing. It's not... Yeah, it's not my favorite. Like, I, like... Do I think that these women's crimes deserve punishment? Yes. yes. They've done terrible things. You, yeah, using the, oh, this woman did terrible things, so we're going to enslave her. And it is not my, it's not my favorite. Yeah. Not my favorite. I agree. Um, I, agree. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I yeah. It's like poetry, it rhymes. I But, like, it's not poetry that I enjoy reading particularly. Sean says uh, Suroth, too. Yeah. Suroth as well, yeah. It's tough because I think yeah. the series is like, well, but this is like, this is like justifiable because they're bad. And I'm like, no, slavery's a, slavery is a moral wrong. Yeah. Um, And so I, that it just, it makes me, cons- it, it makes me concerned about the, like, view on slavery that the series has a little bit. And I, I want to be wrong about that, but um, we'll see how the final books handle it and what the world after the last battle, how yeah. that looks at slavery uh, in terms of, like, the message of this um, of this series. Yeah. Sorry, the white was just very, yeah, bright, very bright in my eyeballs. I hear you. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Christian Rapper says, uh, Galena was about to murder Phyla and her friends, though. I know. Yes. The answer to that isn't magic slavery where you basically keep someone with no will. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the and, and it's also noticeable that none of the men are taken as magic slaves in the series. It's only the women. Uh, so it's just a weird... And, like, a lot of the slavery involves nudity. Like, the Dakoval having... Like, the nudity element of that slavery is weird. There's just... There's so much slavery in these books. Yeah. And it's not really important to the plot at all. It's just sort of, like, background. Um, and I, I don't know. It, it is not my favorite part of the series. It yeah. is something I've been saying for books and books and books now. Uh, and I just, I don't think slavery is a punishment that is morally righteous in any way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't love it. Uh, and, uh, I hope that they save Aleda and I hope that someone saves Galena. Uh, I don't think Galena is ever going to come back. I think we no. just will never hear from the, uh, the Shido again, but I do hope they save Gal- uh, uh, Aleda because I, 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 I don't like slavery. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry if that is my, my controversial, my hot take. I think slavery's bad. Yeah, hot take. I, yeah. Um, and just and just the way that it is particularly used against women. I, I don't know. I think there's some elements of the series that are questionable and, and that I don't like. And I've been honest about that. I've read the comments. I know that some people think that I'm being ridiculous, but like it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 a weird it, it is a it is a tough conversation that not everybody wants to have. Um so yeah. Yeah. Um, the M-Dash says, will Matt read the letter Varen left him? And if so, what do you think will be in it? Yes, he will read it. Matt is a fucking snoopy little yes. boy. Yes. Uh, There's no way he's like, okay, it's been there. Uh, like, no, he's going to read it. I have no idea what's going to be in it, though. Because Matt has to go to the Tower of Genji. I, they can't keep putting this off. No, but I do think... I will be pissed off if they if it's another book of Matt side questing being like, I'll get to more rain. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Do you think she tells him that she's a dark friend in that letter? No. Oh, okay. I don't think there's value in that. Right? Yeah. Hmm. And if she does, we won't get that part of the letter. They'll skip over yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just not sure what Varen needs Matt to achieve. Like, why Matt? Or I guess it doesn't matter because Varen thought Perrin would be the one to show up, so... <laughs> Carptacular says, do you think it's a misdirect and Varen sent nudes? <laughs> No, I I don't think that, but that would. Um. Oh my God. Uh, no, he's definitely gonna read the letter. 
Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if Varen has information on the Zephyrus, tower. an Ace Sedai shirt with the Ace colors of the Ace flag. Oh my God! Wait, what are the colors of the Ace flag? It's the um, gray, the light purple, and these. What? <laughs> what did you just don't worry, type? Don't worry about it. Um. Yeah, it's like. Ooh, the black. Yeah. Right. It's I could cool. make an ace. I could. I could make an ace design. It's got four ace colors, which I? is a little bit harder, but. No, but then you can. Uh, yeah, that's that's fine. That's pretty doable. Yeah, I'll find a way. I'll find a way. I like that. I like it. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. For some reason, in my head, I thought it was a lighter purple, but I, maybe I'm thinking of a different one. Um, Interesting. Ace to die is pretty good too. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm into it. Yeah. They don't all work, though, right? Because I don't want to do, like, Les Sedai. Like, that doesn't, like... No, no, no. No. Yeah, you know what Ace I mean? and Bi... Like, Ace Sedai and Bi Sedai, like, it they fits. say... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, Gay Sedai, it just doesn't... It doesn't... Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Yeah. 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 That's fine. Cool. All right. Yeah. We'll work on some more merch. Um, But, yeah, I have no idea what Varen's letter says. I'm excited to read it, though. Um, I just hope it doesn't stop them from going to the Tower of Genji. I wonder if it has information about the Tower of Genji, though. Like, Varen seems like... Varen's brown. She seems like the kind of person to have very obscure knowledge that, like, other people may not have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. Um, uh, M-Dash has her three questions right in a row here, so let's just bang them out. Mm -hmm. uh, if Demandred is disguised the character you've already met, who do you think it is? I think it has to be... Um, Tame. I don't think it would make sense for it to be anybody else. No, you said it's not tame. I don't think that it is, but if... Oh, if it's someone we've met. I just don't know who else I would buy as having been demanded all this time, right? I, I don't think it is tame, but I think it's possible it's What tame. if... I just don't personally think it is. What if demanded is... Sean? No, 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 no. What if demanded is... <laughs> Fuck. No, he's been there. That that doesn't make any sense. I was like, what if it's the um the leader of Faldara? Uh the leader of Faldara. Yeah, it starts with A. He's a, he's a cool character and I just uh Faldara. Yeah, because the border we think he's with the Borderlanders, right? Uh-huh. Agalmar? Yeah, that's the one. No, because Moraine's on Agalmar no, for I know. decades. I know, and that's why it doesn't work because... They also killed Agalmar in the show, which I don't like. Yeah. But I um yeah, I don't think it's him. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that it's somebody that we have met, to mm -hmm. be honest. If it's someone we've met, then I think it's Mazrum Team, but I think it's more likely he's with the Borderlanders for sure. Jonathan Spears, thank you for that super chat. Thank you. Uh, they're working on Billy Joel's We Didn't Free the Dark One. He was always turning while the wheel was burning. <laughs> um, I love it. M-Dash's last question. Which characters are you most looking forward to seeing in the next book, and what do you hope to see from them? Matt. Not a lot of Gathering Storm. Elaine. I want to see Elaine pop out them babes and, oh, like, get back into the story. That. I'm sorry. I don't want to see No, that. I just want her, like, don't to see that. be back in the story. Oh, um, uh, the, the thing I want most, whole series. The thing I want most, can you guess? What do you think, in, in Towers of Midnight, what do you think is the thing I want most? For Ren to meet his children. No. Oh. Does it have anything to do with Elaine's babies? No. Uh, it, 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 by proxy. You want Ren to meet with Elaine? No. No, okay. Uh, it's through Elaine's first sister bond. 
I don't know. I want Avienda's Meridian shit. I oh, want it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the of thing course. I'm most excited about. I hope I was, that's I like thought it was going to be the end the of this book. Opening, I know? want Avienda in Meridian so bad. It Ever yeah. since she left for that, be, be, and part of it is that the first time we're in Meridian is so good. Yes. Right? Like that Meridian first is time. still my favorite part of the series. So for me, like the the idea of getting to go back to Ruidian because of how solid it was the first time is so exciting. Yeah. That um I want that. Mm-hmm. I, I really want the um I want the I want the scene in Ruidian. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree hundred percent. And more rain coming back. I also I want that. Mm-hmm. I, w- I don't want it to be dragged out for like too too long, you know what I mean? I I want her to be back by the end of this book yeah. so that we get a full book with her. Very important to me. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I agree. I really want uh, Elaine's stuff. I want a scene that's like the three women and Rand all together. Like, I just want them to have a moment all together because they haven't really spent a lot of time with one another since, like, Min and Elaine and Vienda all got bonded. Like, it's 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 been a moment, and I think that these characters deserve that. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, and yeah, I agree. I, I do want Moraine back, but Avienda going to Rudin is the thing I'm most excited for. Yeah. Um, Demetrios, if Harriet approached you after Robert Jordan's death to write The Gathering Storm and roughly outlined the major events, how would you have done things differently? I would have said, go hire somebody else, please, for the <laughs> love of God. I don't have enough. And I, I'll be honest, I, I would have been like, I'm not interested. Um, the slog was very tough. Uh, and I, I, I'm just, I'm not your guy. Fair. I wouldn't have, I, because I don't, I, I wouldn't have written things differently than, like, if you're like, what would you have different with this? I wouldn't have changed this. The I Gathering Storm is fantastic. It's fantastic. And that's, that's the problem. I, I, like, I think it's an interesting question, but I, I genuinely, like, don't have really any criticisms. I think that this book is phenomenal and that I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had it any other way. That would have been, then, that, and I think we did answer that question, um, after Knife of Dreams, but that's an easier question to answer then than it is now. Yes. Because now I'm like, oh, I wouldn't do things differently. This book is fantastic. Yes. There's a lot of different things I would change about the slog, but I don't know that I would change Gathering Storm. I I, yeah. I really, 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 really like this book, right? Yep. So for me, it's like, uh, nothing. I would have done this. Yeah. If, if I could have written this, I would. if I could write as good as Brandon Sanderson, I would have written this book because it is a very, very good book that I love and that... There's there's so many moments. There's so many lines, like just individual lines in this book. They're just fantastic. I can't wait for you to write your book. I can. I'm so nervous now. No, I can't write. No, because yeah, because I talk about my opinions on the internet, and so I'm gonna write a book. And if I release a book, Mm -hmm. all I'm gonna hear is, "Oh, so you think you're better than Robert Jordan's slog, and this is the bullshit that you write?" Can you imagine the comments? Oh yeah, someone's gonna say that. Oh, it's gonna be awful. I'm gonna get torn apart because I'm so strongly opinionated, and I'm willing to say whatever thought pops into my head on the internet, and then I'm gonna put something Uh out, and it's just gonna be fucking beat to shit with a bat on the internet, and I know that. But a lot of people are probably going to love it. No. Everyone's going to hate it. I'm not talented. I'm ugly and... What? Okay. All what? right. Stop. Hush. I'm not going to take that. Um, But people <laughs> pay money for those comments by buying your book. I hope so. That? That's fair. Not rent-free anymore, I'm going to write a book that is clearly aping Attack on Titan... No, 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 no. Just to piss off the Attack on Titan you, people. You have, to, you, have to, you have to write your book under a fake name and we'll do a book club on it. That is the most narcissistic fucking thing I could do. I know, that but would that be would be so gross. hilarious. 
Uh, but you just shit on it the whole time. Like, you just, like, rip it apart. And people are like, wow, you really don't like this book. And you're like, psych, I wrote it. Like, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Come on. Sean Ashman says, you have talked about the book's lack of notable setup for Tarman Gaiden. What are some of the things you'd like to have in the Towers of Midnight that will prepare you for the last battle? For the heroes to lose and have to learn the fucking lesson yeah. that will make them better for the final fight. I yeah. want them to, I want the Towers of Midnight to be devastating loss after devastating loss. I want no, the good guys want to go through I just want one. hell. Well, but they all have to lose. Like, I want everyone to suffer a loss in some way because it is nearing the end. And I want them all to limp into the last battle, mm -hmm. knowing that they've learned the lessons of their losses, but they fucking lost. That they, they That's what I want. That's yeah. what I want. MD Neal, thank you uh, for joining the Narcs for six months. Thank you. Welcome back. Unfortunately, some people are only happy when they're miserable. Not me. I'm happy only when I'm happy. Wow. Then do I have then a recommendation for happy. you? Happy. Yeah. <laughs> Masturbation. Uh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> do you have a different thought? No, I think I think I would like a loss for sure. Um, yeah. And I also, like I said, I would like some of our major characters to come together and communicate yeah. To move forward because they haven't seen each other in what feels like forever. I agree with that. I would love to see Perrin, Rand, and Matt in a room. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen until Memory of Light, but I think I would love to see those three characters in a room. Yeah. Uh, Loki asked, should Min have died by Rand's hand? No. No. No, that, that would have had no value narratively yet. In the last book, maybe, but not yet. It would have been it would have been a waste of Min as a character yeah. because she hasn't fulfilled her arc yet. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, it just would have been kind of like, oh, that's really fucking. It would depressing. have been like, yeah, that that's just fucking sucks. Although then I would be like, oh, I see where they got Perrin killing his wife from for the show. Fair. Gia uh, asks, uh, you first met these characters in Eye of the World. Whose journey has been the most surprising to you so far? Least surprising is Egwene, because I called that she was going to be the Amarillan seat so fucking early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, Egwene gets kidnapped one more time, she's going to be the Amarillan seat. And I was right. Yeah. Um, the most surprising, probably, probably Perrin. Probably Perrin. Perrin is the most surprising. Yeah. I feel like he hasn't had a huge journey, and so I'm, I don't, I don't know. What are you I talking about? Perrin is like running with wolves in the dream world. He's like Perrin, a military leader. Like, Perrin, I had, Perrin hasn't had like a huge arc since like the Battle of Emmons Field. Like, I think like that was his arc, and now it's kind of just like, gotta get Fayil back for like ever. <laughs> for five ever, you know? Yeah, but Perrin reconstituting Minethrin by accident without the desire to do it, is surprising. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Per Perrin's gone on a weird journey. Maybe Matt. Matt was, like, murdered by... No, Matt's got to be the most surprising. Matt... No, what am I even saying? Matt got memories of his past lives by being hung from a tree by elves. That's the weirdest shit in this whole series. Yeah, that's got to be. Nobody could have fucking seen it's that. It's so normal in you know my brain I mean? now because we've read so many books since then. Yeah, but like that is the weirdest part of this whole you know, fucking yeah. franchise. Read, reading Eye of the World, it's got to be Matt. Like only having the the that book, I. Yeah, it's got to be. It's the weirdest moment of this whole. Uh, yeah, I went. I went to an alternate that. dimension, met some snake elf people. They put some memories in my head. They gave me a weapon, I'm a really necklace, lucky. and a scar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be Matt. 
Got yeah, hundred percent. Matt's gone. To, Matt's Matt's been through some weird shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. Um, Wheel of Time asks Bed Bond Balefire, Daddy Althor, Daddy Atralde, or Daddy Brian. Do you want to get Robbie in here for this one? Well, can you open the door? I don't want to sneak around you. Sure, go for it. Robbie. Oh, sorry, podcast listeners. Robbie, come here. <laughs> Guys, welcome. Uh, we please give a warm returning guest. Welcome back to uh, to Robbie, who was here for part of Shadow Rising. Very I don't remember subtle. which book club. I'm that not was. subtle. I'm me. All right, to... I'm gonna sorority squat. <laughs> What's up? All right, Bed Bond Balefire. Do you yeah. understand the concept? I I do now. Yes. Okay, yes. Robbie has been on the show before. Robbie has read all of the Wheel of Time, so Everyone's... no spoilers. It's like an annual thing now, I guess, kind of. Um, it was annual. Yeah, it was my birthday. Yeah, 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 so it was April. That's hilarious. Uh, Robbie, Ben yes. Bon Balefire, okay. Tam Althor, Gareth Brine, and or Rodel Iteralde. The three generals. Yeah. Oh. The three daddies. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to uh, bond Tam. I, of course. I love Tam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, yeah. who are the other two again? Rodel Iteralde. Rodel, okay. And Gareth uh, Brine. Yeah. This is hard. Oh, I know. know. They're all they're it's all fucking three banger characters. Bosses, literally, you know? You can bang them. Yeah. Which one are you banging? Ferdowin says, "Dang, Robbie's kind of hot." Just, just Robbie is hot. Uh, <laughs> Robbie, Robbie um, is a professionally hot actor. That's uh-huh. my job. Hire him for your attractive hot needs. Um, yeah, yeah. Hot for your hot I'm gonna, needs. I'm gonna bed Gareth and Belfire. Uh, Rodell. You know what? That makes sense. I, uh, God, we I mean, know I, that the only one of those that I'm 100% on is Tam. God, I love Tam. Yes. Here, here's the thing. We know that Brian has is sexually good because <laughs> he was Morgase's co- like consort mm-hmm. yeah, for yeah. years. Yeah. A That's queen true. is not keeping lame dick in the bedroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. if you if you're if you're going to break up with Tom fucking Marilyn, yeah. you're going to follow up Tom with good dick. Sexual you, competence. Yeah. yeah. So Honestly. Gareth Brian and Gareth Brian wooed Swan unnoted bisexual yeah like swan could have had any of the hot ladies Anyone. with all of their giant titties yeah from the ice and I, yeah. and she chose pillow time pillow, pillow friends. friends pillow, pillow friends. time god i fucking loved it oh, I that's my that should be now. the name of our podcast of our podcast? pillow time pillow with earning clothes god damn it oh my god pillow friends. i loved i remember reading that for the first time in the book and I went, that is so fun my favorite thing is when we first started the series um we were like uh, we we loved the like queerness that was in the show between like mm-hmm. Moraine and Sawan, mm-hmm. and you know we we we're reading these books and and people were like very upset about that because they were like no Moraine and Swan were not pillow friends like when yeah. we were like at sure. the, like watching the show and we were like oh no we kind of love this and then you get to New Spring and they literally kiss and it fades to black and I'm like yeah. I don't know yeah. how much more explicit you could be except getting into the actual smut of it yeah so yeah without going full Akatar and being like yeah and then I penetrated her vagina with my fingers yeah we are lesbians we had lesbian <laughs> we are, sex we are lesbians like period yeah yeah all right um, I, I want to give you another one bed bond balefire I'm mm-hmm. gonna do we're gonna do Rand's three ladies Min oh. Avienda Elaine bed bond balefire yeah it's a tough one that's tough right yeah <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go bed Elaine um, okay 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 like, I chill with the redheads it. yeah <laughs> That's uh, my two thing. Two of the three are redhead. What do yeah, you that's want? True. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bond. I loved men. I'm going to bond men. Fair. Fair. Uh, 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 mm, Her sense of humor is, like, concerning. 
Yes, but I, no, I, see, I, I don't know. I really. Like I think no, she's seen, hilarious. I think I would. I think I would bond Avienda because she's fucking hilarious. You want to bond the woman who is definitely going to stab someone in front of you at some point in your life. Well, yeah, she would protect me at all costs. Your life is not that dangerous. I mean, it could be it in could this be. world. It oh, no, be. if I'm in that world, I want Avienda. Oh, no, no, 100%. If, I, I'm saying if they're in our world, I don't need Avienda going around wanting to stab people. Yeah, sure. In their world, yeah, okay, yeah. I maybe I, I mean, wouldn't need Min as much. I mean, but none of the characters in this world would have any transferable skills in our in our world. Min like, can see the Min future. Min can read. Min can read. <laughs> <laughs> That's really important. Can okay? read. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's oh funny. Oh, God. Elaine can I, read too. No, I know, I know. Avienda I just cannot read. Uh, <laughs> no chance. Doesn't need to. She doesn't need to. They she don't just... have books in the waste. Uh, it's a waste of trees, I guess. Yeah, they they would be like, no, no that's good. That's good fire. I don't know. Oh, flesh. Mm. Ew. Yeah, that, they're, no, no, they're, yeah, of like I'm um, like I'm um, like like um pig flesh was used as Oh, I went to human is that straight a thing? in my head. Yeah, there are cultures that have used like um like you can like dry skin out, you can write on it. Like leather? Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Leather sure. books. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, like tanned hide. Um I, if you don't have trees, like you could do that. Yeah. It would be it would be gross, but like yeah, you, it's possible. Yeah. 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 What a weird tangent. You know what? That's how this book club generally goes. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Nerdy Word yeah. Book Club. Thank All right, you. I love thank it. you for your it. input. That yeah, was uh, so um, very insightful. Before I kick you out of the room, <laughs> we have a segment in our show that we're going to do at the end. We're going to add a little, a short one right now. Mm. Smut corner. Okay, great. If you could add a sex scene into the Wheel of Time, mm-hmm. what sex scene would you add? Yeah. Some <laughs> some past highlights from the podcast are um, Parker Posey. Uh, in the Age of Legends, having a blow bang with the hundred companions before um, they all go off to die. Yeah. Before they go to seal the boar, she just like has one last gang bang with all of the hundred men who can channel. Right, yeah, right. it's actually like hundred and seventeen. She's a champ. She's a, yeah. She fucking takes it like a champ. She's a champion. It is a sticky afternoon in the Age of Legends. Fantastic, <laughs> I believe it. Uh, so that, that's a highlight for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember um, the other ones, but they're mostly just unhinged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh oh um. Arzuk Chef Report. Okay, that's gonna be a hard one for you. I understand. So I'll give you an easier one. How would you rank the books? Yeah, what's... this book where? Okay, uh, I mean it's kind of hard. I, I mean I love Robert Jordan, and this is the first Brandon Sanderson book that came into the series. It's also the first book after the Slog, which I know you know different people have different opinions on. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I I actually personally was never. I never really got bogged down by the slot. I liked yeah. all the books. Fair I couldn't enough. tell you like what's my favorite, what's my least favorite. If I had to pick a least favorite, it's probably one of the ones in the middle of the slog where not a ton happens. But I liked all the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I do though, and this is probably also possibly like partially a recency bias, just because you know these are the, the books I remember the most. That the yep. last in the series, and a lot happens in these last three books. Yeah, yeah I do heard. tend to rank all three of the Sanderson Jordan books at kind of the top of where I like all of the. Yep. A lot of people seem um, to do that. Yeah, that's been pretty like, so common. So much happens, and they're and it's really cool. And I I'm also a Brandon Sanderson fan. Um, full disclosure. Uh, so you've read the Cosmere. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I'm a few. I have a few things left to read, but I've read most of his Cosmere work. But mm-hmm. um, so just in general, I would probably rank like these last three as some of the top, of the, if not my my favorite three in the series. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for joining again. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully I'll be here with whatever you're reading next year. You'll yeah. be here in, yeah, in a well, year. Well, read a Way of Kings and you can come talk about Great. that. <laughs> Bye.
Nice. Yeah, we need to fix this new carpet. I don't like it. I know. I don't All right. Know. It's like curling up on the end. All Anyways, right. Thank you to our special guests. <clears throat> thank you to our special guest, Robbie, for coming back for his yearly appearance on <laughs> the Nerdy Yeah, 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 yeah for real. Um, so we got to do our bed on Balefire. What? For, uh, I did. Oh, for Althor, Itralde, and Brian? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. yeah, no, mine's the same as Robbie's. I'm I'm fucking the shit out of Daddy Brian. I'm marrying the shit out of Tamil Thor. And Rodella Terrell, they don't know them well enough. You know what I mean? Like I honestly I, I gotta I gotta be the same. Yep. Yeah, it's a good one. Gotta be the same, for sure. Yeah. Um they uh Wheel of Time also asks Oh no wait. No, sorry, we got that Arzu's super chat. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um I know there have been multiple conversations about use of Balefire in the series and its supposed consequences. Out of curiosity, what consequence do you think could exist that would viably explain characters' vehemence and reluctance towards using it? This I, is, I'm, this, can I say something controversial? Sure. It's too late. What but do you mean? It's too late to introduce the consequences. They've been Balefiring for like a year. But the problem is that they have Balefired individual people. Which, if you, if, yeah. you, if, you, if you, that's that's such a small snag. Whereas if I were to take your t-shirt and I just cut a chunk out of it, right? Like, that, that the whole thing falls apart. And so I, I, I think that the consequences are going to be along the lines of the bubbles of evil. Like, things moving around or literally collapsing or melting away or, like, the breaking... Like mini breaking, like fissures I, I, and. I just think that if they bail, if they were bail firing cities in the Age of Legends, then in order to get to the point where there are like real consequences now, they have to get back to that point. Well, that's what Rand did. No, he bail fired a hundred people. They were bail firing millions. Like, like, like the just the level of difference between what they were doing, and this is the problem with the Age of Legends modern age that this this series kind of struggles with, in my opinion. Yeah, is that. If the scale of the magic use was so big back then, and they still got to the point where they went to seal the boar, if we don't get to the same level of magic use, then we can't have more consequences now than they had back then, or else, or else, why, right? Like, right. why, why, why are these much smaller uses of the same thing having sig- the significantly more consequences? What if the bubbles of evil have been because people are using balefire? You know, it starts with the one peddler who sinks in the fucking thing or whatever. Like, like, what if certain instances of that, like things shifting around, what if that is because of the balefire? And so... And they're like, oh, I so think what, it's when, just when, bubbles of evil. But, but, like, okay, but then in order for that to be the case, in order for that to be the answer, then the books have to reveal that Luce Theron fixed the pattern when he sealed... The boar. Mm. The answer would have to be that when he sealed the boar, he fixed the pattern. Because either... <laughs> oh, I know this. Well done. Either <clears throat> the bubbles are e- of evil are the dark one touching the pattern, or they're the balefire, but they can't be both. Yeah. Right? And, like, this is where... This is where this... Because all of this damage is random, it's just random stuff that happens. Yeah. It doesn't... It, it, it's hard to justify where it's coming from. Yeah. Because all of it can just be the dark one touching the pattern, or yeah. all of it can be Balefire. Yeah. Or all of it could be a mix, but if you can't tell the difference between what is the dark one touching the pattern and what is the Balefire, then you never know if using the Balefire is actually a bad thing, or if it's just that, no, it was the dark one the whole time. Yeah. Like, right. it just, there, there's no way to quantify it, and so it's just like, I, I, I don't know. If the books yeah. can finally set aside what actual consequences might be, 
then, then, then maybe I can get invested. I don't know what those are. I would have to sit down and like come up with it narratively. And I'd have to take the time to do that. But like right now, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what damage you can do to the pattern because I don't really, the, the concept of what the pattern is doesn't really make sense to me. Sure, sure. That's, yeah. It's a magic thing. Yeah. That is not, is never explored in enough detail. They just say like, oh, the pattern's unraveling. And I'm like, I, I actually don't know what that means. I go along with it because it's a fun idea and like it's fun that there's the wheel of time. But like, I don't actually know what the pattern is. You know what I mean? So if the pattern unravels, hmm. does the world cease to exist? Yeah. Does the future cease to exist? Yeah. But but is there There is nothingness. Why? Uh, well, that's what, like, that's why it's, like, just the epitome of evil. Like, I... The pattern is what, holding matter together? I mean, yeah. But then why is the pattern... But the, then why is the pattern also, like, the future? And this is where it gets into, like, metaphysic. Like, the, the, the like, scope of that is hard to understand. Sure. And so, Rand has not... Rand has clearly not used enough Balefire to even do what one city of Balefire in the Age of Legends would have been. Yeah. So I'm not concerned about the consequences because we already know that you can use way more than this yeah. and the pattern survives. Right? Yeah. Like, we're not at the point where Rand is using to the scale that we know has already been used. Yeah, and so it's it just... wasn't like someone Balefired an entire city and then existence fell apart. We know that they had consequences for it, but we don't know what those were. Right. Um, and so for me, it's like, I, I don't know, like, I'm not that concerned about a couple hundred people. Rand has not yet killed a million people with Balefire. Yeah. Uh, Glimmer, welcome back to the nerd table. Do you think Min has a choking kink now? Doubt no. it. No. I think it's the opposite. She's too old to develop a kink. Uh, you get those from childhood. Um, what? A lot of your kinks are from your early age experiences. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that that's ex exclusive. No, but, you know, mostly. Very consistent. I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I mean, it's just like the psychiatry of it. Like a lot, mo the majority of people's kinks come from their childhood. Hmm. Eh, that's why okay. so many people have balloon kinks. How, how often do yeah. you interact with balloons as an adult? How many people have balloon kinks? A lot. It's a very popular fetish. There's a whole conventions where people go and pop, watch women pop balloons with their tits. I'm not, I'm not joking. Like ballooning. I think it's called looning. It's like, a, it's a very, very, very popular fetish. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's one of the big ones. It's like like so almost as big as feet. People who are into Findom are like, yeah, my 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 lunch money kept getting stolen by bullies. Like, no, Findom is typically um like they have too much money, they don't know what to do with it, and so they like having someone tell them what to do with some of the money. It's usually very rich people who okay. like having like money siphoned away from it, it, that's the whole thing. But yeah, <laughs> sure, if you say so. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, b b balloon, balloon people, there they exist. I'm not shaming. Have fun with your kink, but it yeah, probably comes you. from your childhood birthday parties. All right. Um. They made you feel happy and wanted, I guess. Uh, this is, uh, Wheel of Time's last question. Do you have any predictions as to which characters will make through the last battle? Is everyone going to be okay or will there be casualties? What do you think? I think if everyone's okay, it diminishes the scale and the stakes of what this all means. So I do think there will be casualties. Mm -hmm. I, I it's it's hard for me to predict what those are going to be because I don't I, because because we haven't gotten to the end of a lot of people's arcs yet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
Uh, Daniel Jennings, thank you for the super chat. I just found out Nerdy got bullied in school. From what? What did? Are you watching our Attack on Titan reactions right now and like live commenting in here? We're not only you're not only <laughs> giving us money, but also yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. that checks out. Yeah, I um, I, I got bullied really bad in middle school because uh, I was very small, and then I got very large very quickly one summer, and I went back to school, and people tried to pull the same shit, uh, and I wasn't having it, and so I got in a lot of fights. Uh, and that I you won. <laughs> that I started to win pretty handily because I um. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a great person, uh, and if you start a fight, I will try to end it as fast as possible. Uh, and um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I did. I, I was bullied uh, in middle school, and then it stopped happening because I got to be six four, and people realized that I would happily take their head and smash it into a concrete wall. So um, it stopped pretty quickly when yeah. I uh, started to beat the shit out of people. Uh, that was also when I started like, to fight more in my hockey games, and that was fun too because I like to win those fights. When people had to stand on a box to look at you in the eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I uh, I did ballet, and so I got bullied, um, mm -hmm. and I got called that F slur that people call gay people uh, that I'm not going to repeat. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, it it, it kind of stopped when I hit six two, uh, and it stopped a little bit more when I hit six four. Uh, and Love when it. people realize I'm, I will happily fight you. I kind of enjoy it. It's not a thing I'm proud about about myself, um, but fighting is Just actually kind of fun. Uh, it's I think it's the Canadian thing of growing up in hockey. Where it's just like culturally fighting, like I had a hockey coach who taught me how to fight on skates and that was like a fun part of it. And so I was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's fucking go. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Daniel, uh, thank you. Again oh my God. Thank for you money. for your money. You fucking loser. This is so funny. I think we've made like at least $50 off of. Oh, we've made more than that. Uh, Attack on Titan. We've made fans a lot more than that. This is great. Uh, well, it does explain a lot. Was great. one of your bullies named Erwin by any chance? Uh, no, but you know who it's I could definitely take in a fight? Canada. Erwin Smith. Uh, well, because he would just like charge headlong into you and all you'd have to do he is He would run him. into my fist. Yeah. All I would have to do is stand slightly to his left. And That's he wouldn't true. see it coming because he, he doesn't pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just are like half obscured by a tree. You wouldn't see it coming. Anyway, thank you for giving me your money. This is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I, I like genuinely, genuinely think that this is the funny shit in the world. Please keep giving me your money. Yeah, to yeah insult I, like i think that you think you're being insulting i don't care like yeah i'm very honest about the fact that i was bullied that doesn't you're not hurting me by bringing it up i but, i know my i was there it's because they would be very upset by it so they think you're gonna be upset by it but they just no. their insecurities are showing through it's a projection no i was bullied because i was bullied because i went to a school with people who didn't understand that i was smarter than they were and that i had things that i loved and they were frustrated by that and those same guys that bullied Sadly, me true. work on oil rigs now and are fucking miserable stations. and are like, no, I know them. I know where they are. Oh, you, you're like, I literally know what they do. <laughs> they're, they're drunks uh, who have bad relationships uh, with their wives and don't mm -hmm. know how to please women sexually or men sexually for that matter. Mm -hmm. And I'm good because I was kind to people and I treated people with respect mm -hmm. and I grew up and I got my degree and I lived my career that I'm very happy with. And I spent my life being kind and surrounding my people, my life with people who are kind to me. And I have a great job that I love very much. I have a great wife that I love very much. And I'm nice to people. And I mm -hmm. take care of the people around me. And I have great friends who fly up from another country to spend the weekend with me because I just want to see them. And my life is pretty awesome. And so, yeah, I was bullied in middle school. And I'm going to be really honest about that because it sucked. Mm -hmm. um, and it was terrible at the time. And it taught me how to be a good person and how to treat people well. And now... I have a great life and I have no complaints. 
And you know what? It was a part of my history, but I'm not embarrassed. I'm not scared of it. I'm going to be honest about it. I'll talk about it publicly. I got the shit kicked out of me a lot. It stopped happening because I got really good at fighting because I got the shit kicked out of me a lot. It is crazy how good you get when you have to. But I'm not embarrassed. I'm not hurt by it. You can't you can't diminish me by bringing it up because I'm the most honest person about it in the world. Mm -hmm. And my life has become fantastic because I'm honest about it, because I've dealt with it, and because I've surrounded myself with people who treat me really well. Mm -hmm. And I hope that you find that one day because it's clear that you don't have that right now. James Ross, Fair thank enough. you for your super chat. Uh, I hate that you're, I love your Attack on Titan reactions. Am I doing this right? You're doing <laughs> That's great. That's perfect, yes. You're doing great. You crushed it. Thank you for that, that super chat. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing fantastic. Um, all right, next Wheel of Time thing. Uh, Gia says, so far there isn't a single male queer character and the representation of queer women seems to be straight out of the 90s. Can you talk about Wheel of Time, LGBT+, and your perspective as first-time readers and members of the LGBT+, community? What makes you pause when you read? What good do you see? And what are things you can't overcome? I don't like that the only lesbians uh, who are over the age of like 20 uh, or the people who continue on with their lesbianism are, are the, Galena and... Um, and Aleda. And Aleda. Yeah, it, yeah. It, th yeah, this is a not a very LGBT-friendly series. Yeah. Um, the, the, the frankly ridiculous notion that people in this fandom have that the women in threesomes aren't going to be bisexual, that there's no bisexuality in this world is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think Robert Jordan wrote the LGBT characters well, uh, and... It, yeah. It was the 90s. Uh, it whatever. was, yeah, it was a different time. And, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that. But I, I agree with your point about, like, Galena and, um, and Aleda, that they're, like, evil characters and the only, the only ones who seem to have, uh, same-sex partners, uh, uh, later in their lives. Uh, you know, like, Moraine, uh, seems to kind of have the hots for Tom because of that letter. And, like, Swan yeah. seems, obviously has the hots for Gareth. And they're, like, the good guys. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't think it's like balance the best way. I don't. I don't think that that was. I just don't think that that was taken into consideration. I don't think it's malicious at all. Like I don't think it was intentional. No, but I do think um, it's a failure. Like I do. Yeah, I do yeah, think yeah. that the way it is used is bad. Yeah, for I don't sure. like it. Um, but yeah, I, I I I think it would be interesting to to see more male queerness. I wonder if Robert Jordan was just un that. uncomfortable because he was a male. Like it wasn't oh, something that he he felt comfortable writing about. Yeah. Um and maybe the like maybe that is not the case, but I think that there is a possibility yeah. of that. Um Yeah. Yeah, it was is it was a weird time. The 90s were 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 a weird fucking time. Um <laughs> but yeah, no, I would love uh you know, I love I love my gays. I mm -hmm. love my men who love men. Um I, you know, have whole series that I read just for that, right? Mm -hmm. um, because that that is a half of me that I don't see represented very often. Mm -hmm. And and when I do, like, it's not often represented very well, right? Yeah. Um, so the, you know, I, I, I wish there was more of that in a series as large as this. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of the things I love don't have that, right? Star Wars didn't have um, a gay male character for forever. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings doesn't have any like gay male characters other than Gimli and Legolas, obviously. Obviously, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 even that, like, it's it, I have to find it in like the 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 between the pages because it's not on the page, and so I I don't know. I feel like honestly, I've just gotten so used to find it between the pages, and that's sad. But um, I I I am hoping that in what I create in my life, that I'll be able to bring more queer men into my stories, and that the you know we talk about this a lot, where like we'll we'll watch things that have queer men in them or, or just any queer people in of any kind. 
And um, we talked about this with brother or uh, with um, Battle Scars, mm-hmm. where for me, like the the those characters didn't exist when I was young, and yeah. so when I was being bullied, um, you know, I took I didn't come out until I was twenty six because <laughs> I was having sex with men, but I, I wasn't telling anyone that I was having sex with men. Yeah, because I grew up in a place where I was bullied for being for liking ballet, for ballet not even for know. you know being honest with myself, and it took me forever because there were just so few places that I could look to for the kinds of relationships that I desired in my head. Yeah. And it was really hard to see that. And even even something like Will and Grace, which was kind of like the one thing, was a sitcom. And there was never any, like, serious re- relationships. It was always... Yeah. It was always the the comedy of queerness. And, and that, there's nothing wrong with Will and Grace. I think that show's fantastic, and I'm grateful for what it means to the queer community, a thousand percent. But mm-hmm. I, I, there were no dramatic movies or, or serious television shows when I was growing up other than Buffy. And Buffy was a fantasy. And so, like, the only places where I was seeing queer characters growing up were in fantastical things yeah. that also had vampires. And as as much as I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a wonderful introduction to me to the, my own queerness, mm-hmm. um, the, the first gay character to come out on that show is the bully. And, like, you know, it's, it's an incredible, you know, it's the first teenager to come out on television in history. And Buffy also has the first female-female kiss on television. There's a lot of wonderful queer representation in that show. And I'm I'm sad Joss Whedon is, you know, the name associated with it now because of what that meant to me as a young queer person. Yeah. Um, but uh, you have to work really hard to find those images that you want to see. And um, a lot of the places I found those were in fantasy when I was a kid. And we're now getting more stories where you can, you know, like Love, Simon, which I think is really beautiful. Or, you know... Um, uh, uh, everything ever all at once, um, having Stephanie Shu's character be queer, um, yeah. and, uh, dealing with the honest difficulty of having, you know, being queer in a family that doesn't accept that you have to find that in different ways now. Um, yeah. or it's easier to find that now than when I was younger. And, um, yeah, this series does not do a good job of that, unfortunately, but, um, we make a lot of jokes about queerness in this because we wish there was more. Well, and it's also like, we're so, we're so open about it and about ourselves because yeah. it's like when we were growing up, bisexual wasn't a thing. Yeah. Like no, like the, it was, you know, it, if if you were queer, you were gay, and that yeah. was it. Like there, you know, it was always like these hard and fast rules and lines and blah blah blah. And so you know, we we talk on here, and we're like, yeah, we're this is kind of who we are. It's it's normal. It's cool. Like there's there's nothing wrong with it. And having just having more of that representation, even though this isn't like like a story like we're not like characters having the representation in people that you like you know mm-hmm. like it, it yeah. just in human beings um it's 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 great and i i love seeing more of that online that people are like yeah this is who i am mm-hmm. D- like d- deal with it you know it doesn't have to be it doesn't always have to be like in fiction although i i agree i i i i'm glad where it's going i liked the lgbtq representation in willow even though we didn't love the show Right? Like, I, yeah, I, I was yeah, still, yeah. like, very appreciative yeah. of that. Right? So. Dan Jennings, thank you for your money. Um, yeah. Are, are you okay, dude? Are you all right? Also, this isn't a sob story. My life turned out really great. Yeah, I don't think you listened. I, dude. He's like, my life is awesome. And you were like, sob story. Yeah, no, I, I had I had a rough couple of years. Fuck, that's life. Mm-hmm. I, I've had rough years as an Who adult, doesn't? not because I was being bullied. I've had rough years. I've had years where I had no money. I've had years where I I barely could pay my rent. Yeah. I've I've had I've I've, I've lived a life of different experiences, and you know what? So being human. I'm is. I'm good. I'm not going into people's videos and giving them money to try and be mean, thinking I'm going to hurt their feelings. You, dude, you can't hurt my feelings. 
I'm a 31-year-old man. I married to a woman that people are like, how the fuck did you pull her? She's so fucking hot. I have money. I have an audience that I really enjoy interacting with. I have a show every Friday morning that is popular enough that Star Wars gets me to come to their conventions to talk about their books. My life is we got a real fucking sick, dude. You think you can hurt me by bringing up the truth of my past that got me here? Yeah. But, it, you but know, keep giving me your money, please, because I would like to be rich and I would like for you to be poor. In all seriousness, um, there, there, there are definitely some helplines. Uh, there's people out there that you can talk to. Um, oh, yeah. If you, you are in a position, uh, yeah. It, yeah. I, I, it, you, you seem to be struggling and trying to find validation uh, in strangers on the Internet. And, like, you know, uh, the, the, we've all been there, but there are definitely people that you can talk to. I'm sure your friends and family would give you the time of day. There are probably people in your life who love you, so... Please go spend some time with them. Yeah. Just, you know, to bring back that humanity. Uh, Colonel Sanders says, mm-hmm. now that you know that the Black Aja made up 20% of the White Tower, mm-hmm. do you feel that the mess up political social structure of the tower is more plausible or do you still think it would have collapsed long ago? Um, I don't know. I, honestly, like Varen's whole like, oh yeah, there's a lot of them, but they're incompetent just kind of makes them less interesting. Like, I wish they had a better plan. Well, I think the plan was just to kind of fuck shit up a little bit, you know? I guess. I I, I don't know. I, Varen being like, yeah, they're not really good at this was was kind of deflated that balloon a little bit. Yeah. I thought they had like a stronger plan. And now I'm just kind of like, so the black, so the, so the Dark Ones team are really incompetent. They're just doing shit. Yeah. Which again goes back to like, I need the, I need the, I need the, like the bad guys to get a win in before the final, um, mm-hmm. before the final fight. Because like. It's just kind of sad at this point. Yeah. It is it's just kind of sad at this point. They they suck. Like the they they're really bad at being the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I and I get it. Like we talked about earlier, like Varen's thing of being like, yeah, they're just a bunch of like selfish people. It's like, yeah, okay. I get it. Just kind of deflates a little bit. Yeah. No, I I I think I think that's fair. I I, I think it does make more sense to me. Personally, mm-hmm. like, I think that finding out that the majority of the White Tower is, are dark friends, that that, that does kind of help. Because we talked about this so much. We're like, the White Tower is fucking terrible. Like, it's it's absolutely bonkers. Like, that, that they're still, that they're still around when they're so incapable. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, they had people in there deliberately mm-hmm. fucking shit up, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just wish that, I wish Varen had been like, there's real danger here. Mm-hmm. And Varen being like, don't worry about it. Like, they, they hear all of their names. But like, I, honestly, like, even if you they stuck around, they're really not that good at this. Yeah, yeah. It, it just kind of deflated the Black Aja for me. Yeah. 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 Uh, Josh, thank you. Welcome back to the nerd table. If you end up being their waiter at the brunch they're, you're paying for, it, they will still tip you nicely. Yeah, we tip very well. I've worked in the service industry for too long not to tip well. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I, I will never. Unless, like, the waiter or something is, like, deliberately rude or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll still cover enough to for their tip out because, like, well, whatever. But, um, yeah, no. Yeah. We, we've been waiters for long enough that it's not going to happen. Uh, Daniel Jennings, thank you for your money. Clars, mid-skinny really? as fuck. Lamau. You should. Uh, oh, no, that. your insult game is so strong. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that toonie. Um, yeah. You know. You could you could put a little more effort in. Like if you want to actually try, if you want to actually try, you could you could, you know, maybe like I don't know, Chat GPT. I'm sure could give you some better insights. 
<laughs> yeah. Got him. Uh, Ranta Moore, thank you for that super chat. These dollars are to support dislike of the White Tower. I appreciate that. <laughs> Ranta Moore, thank you for that. I yeah, that. I, I think that it is a bit more plausible that mm-hmm. because the, the, they, they were both deliberately being undermined. It makes sense, but yeah. Yeah. Um... Uh, all right, Colonel Sanders, thank you for another question here. With two books left, which Forsaken uh, Dark Friends do you think will survive, if any, until the end of the series? None of them. I think they're all going to die. Yeah. Because uh, I think when the Dark One dies, don't they all, like, go with him? Isn't it going to be, like, uh, the end of the Avengers when they take out the portal? Uh, all of the Chitauri die immediately? Oh. Oh. Why are you looking at me that, like I'm crazy? I that is like, what happens in that movie. I know. I'm in it. No, I know. I know. I know. I know, but I, it took me a second to get there. I was like, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I hope Asmodian comes back. <laughs> and he survives. I will be livid at this point. And Asmodian, if, Asmodian is the one who... Did, yeah, yeah. He comes back and he's like, it was this motherfucker. You know? Yeah, I want him to walk in and Rand be like, Asmodian? And Asmodian is like, yeah, this fucking guy killed me. Yep. That would, that would be, be funny. Incredible. Uh, in this book, we learned that the sea folk do what the sea folk do in a male chandler is discovered, uh, and that they have not changed as a result of the cleansing. How do you think the IO would answer these questions if Rand was smart, aware enough to ask the wise ones, clan chiefs, the same questions? I feel like they've had that conversation. It was just off page. Yeah. 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 Uh, I feel like Rand is like, "Hey, don't kill male chandlers," and they're like, "Okay." What, we will literally do anything you say at this point, so sure. Yeah, the Aiel are kind of like, I think that, I think that. The, the Shido are probably still doing it, but I don't think Rand's Aiel are. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested about how the relationship with Rand and the Aiel changes after Veins of Gold. You know Honestly, I, mean? I wish they got into it more. I feel like Rand is barely talking to the Aiel these days. Like, they're with him, but Rand... That's what I mean. We get, like, one scene with Ruark in the last book. I want more of them. There, There is dissent among the Aiel. Like, yeah. a lot of them are not happy, and I I really hope that Rand takes a moment to address that, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie says, uh, what will you keep and drop from the this book in the Wheel of Time show? Keep all of it. Just all of it. The dialogue. The dialogue is book yeah. great. Yeah, just all the, of it. The shot of Egwene in the hole in the tower... It, that's the most important shot. Shooting lightning into the sky, and it's just Gawain's pers- and Swan looking up as Egwene, full power, just blasting rocking out of the sky. I mean, that shit's gonna be rad. Yeah, that um, shit's gonna be fucking rad. Um, it's tough. There's feels that feels like there's a lot of important shit in this book. It's going to depend on what the show sets up. Yeah, I know we gotta we gotta move quick. Yeah, it depends on what the show sets up. I I I don't think. Without having season like two or maybe three, like I need to get closer to these points in the show to That's see fair. what could possibly what be dropped. Because right now, all of this feels important. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, what oh. storylines do you want to see in the next book? Uh, Ruidian, Tower of Genji. Those are the two I need. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A thousand percent. Uh, what do you think Avienda will live in her Ruidian, relive in her Ruidian coming journey? Maybe Avienda is the person who sees how to deal with the last battle. Ooh, maybe Avienda is the one who comes back with the answers to how Rand might live. Oh, she's gonna be the Doctor Strange. She's gonna be like, "There's one Doctor way." Doctor Strange, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, gonna yeah. be one way for Rand to live through this. Yes, that would be cool. Um, but I, in like truth, I don't know. Ildwam asks, "Egwene essentially beat Aleda by default. Did you find this satisfying, or would you rather have had the tower pull Aleda down?" 
Egwene had already won, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It was already over for Laleda. This was just the like mechanism of her yeah. getting pulled down. We talked about that the the Sanchen were just the like expediting what was already going to happen. For sure. Uh, Rantan Moore uh, is asking a musical question. We're going to skip that because I feel like we answered that at the beginning. But uh, Rantan Moore's other question is, which of the Emmonsfield Five would make the best Jedi? Um, Probably Perrin. Perrin is very centered. Yeah. No, no, Perrin has attachment issues. Perrin has the same issue Anakin has. Egwene. Oh, Egwene. Oh. Egwene um, has found center here. That's true. Yeah. Egwene is the most like peaceful. Even though she like loves Gawain. But she's happy to walk she's... away from the attachment of him. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think it's Egwene. Yeah, actually. Uh, it's which, gotta be. Which Forsaken, if any, do you think is closest to the light? Asmodian. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, Lanfear. Really? Yeah, I think Lanfear's motivations are so selfish, um, which is inherently not dark one like but that's what all the forsaken the forsaken are chosen because they're selfish yeah but i think honestly their friend was like i will fuck you she would be like all right i'm on the good guy seed team get me an oath rod help me get rid of these oaths as long as i can bone down with you i'm good yeah land landfear would give up the dark one for rand's dick maybe now i don't know no the whole time okay all landfear wanted was that dick if rand had just given it to her she would have walked away from the dark one in a moment yeah no, I don't know if I agree with you. Yep. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you, but He's keeping those three very hot, very powerful women happy. He's fine. No, oh, for sure. Rand's just... dick could turn Lanfear. I believe it. <laughs> I got the power. Vanessa says, Do you believe Rand will have to kneel before the crystal throne or all is lost, as the Sanchin prophecies claim, or do you think the prophecies are corrupted by the purpose of propaganda? I fucking hope not, because if Rand kneels before the slavers, I'm going to be fucking livid. Uh, yeah. I'm, I very much do not want that. Yeah. If this series ends with Rand being like, I'm actually chill with the Sanchin because they helped me in the final fight, so I'm going to let them keep doing the whole slavery thing, I'm going to be pretty pissed. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to say no. Rand is not going to kneel. I think, I think that the Sanchin prophecies, like... There, there's, there's, there's got to be a part that's missing, or something in there sh- should be open to interpretation. Uh, going off of that, uh, how do you think the next meeting will play out with Rand and Tuan? Bad. I mean, like Tuan, like went in, fucking murdered people, like stole them as slaves. Like I, I don't think, I, I don't think it's gonna go well. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't imagine that that's a friendly conversation. Um, I think it depends on what Tuan's experience of, like, Trollocs and stuff is. I could see Tuan being swayed by realizing that... Um, but she saw the Trollocs head before she ordered the attack. Yeah, but they, that was, like, one fight. But, like, the, we're clearly going to get a big battle around Abudar between the Sanchin and the Trollocs. Mm. Uh, and so I could almost... I, I could see it being that the next time we see Tuan is from um, Aleda's perspective. And the Rockin get back to Ebu Dar in the middle of that fight. Mm-hmm. And so we we see that like the, the level of Trolloc attack and the level of the Dark One's attack sways Chuan towards wanting to work with Rand more. Cause she sees the light danger. I could mm-hmm. see her I could see her opinion being changed by that. 
Yeah, okay, maybe. Oh, we just, we know that fight's coming, so that's, like, the next thing for Ebudar, right? Yeah. Is this, like, whatever this Trolloc thing that's coming is. Yeah. Azathurus. Thank you for that super chat. Just wanted to say thank you for everything you do. Thank no, you. thank you. <laughs> I love hearing your opinions. It counters the hate some channels spew out. Look, we're trying to be positive as much as we can, but we're going to be honest. Yeah. We're just not going to be hateful to be hateful. That's a waste of our life. Yeah, that sounds exhausting. Uh, but thank you for that super duper <clears throat> chat. It means a lot. Dirt Burb asks, I can't remember if one of these has been asked before, but if you could have one Tarangrail from any of the books you've read so far, what would you pick? I think we have, mine was the book thing, and I realized that it's just a Kindle. Yes. I was like, yeah, I just want a Kindle. That was the, that we did get that question oh last time. Oh my god, time. that was and so stupid. Yeah, that I just like, want a thing that holds a lot of books. The mobile library seems to be, uh... The Let me just open the Kindle app on my phone and read all of the Wheel of Time real quick. Yep. I felt so dumb that day. Um, yeah, we want the red rod that makes you, um, yeah. come like crazy. Yeah, those are the two, definitely. Uh, Verlok, uh, asks, could you rank the Forsaken from the one you like the least as a character? I mean, what plot points and emotions they bring to the story, not how likable they are as a person, to the one you like most? All right, so who brings the most interesting perspective to the story? I mean, Morden and Lanfear are number one and two for me. Yeah, the problem is, like, Lanfear obviously hasn't been around for a while, which is unfortunate. Yeah, no, but, but I Sindane do think, has. But she's not doing anything. Like, she's not, she doesn't interact with ranches, interact oh, with anybody. Yeah, she's just kind of there. Well, but then none of the Forsaken do. No, but that's, <laughs> but I just mean, like, the reason Lanfear is so high is because in the beginning she did that. Like, she she was she was very interesting to the story. Um, oh, sure, but none of the Forsaken have been interesting in forever. I thought Grendel yeah. was going to be interesting. Grendel was the biggest waste of a character in the entire series. Mm, yeah. Like, Grendel never did anything to a major character in yeah. the whole series. It was unfortunate. Um, Granted, a, a lot of the women have suffered. Like, su well, no, but and the men. Honestly, none of them are that interesting. Yeah, like, I think that... I th <laughs> when Moradin is the most interesting one, you have a problem. Yeah, I think, honestly, the one that I liked least was Belal because we never, like... Didn't Belal become Deshiva? didn't do much. That was interesting. Oh, no, that's uh, uh, the other one. Belazriel? Yeah, yeah. Belal is the one who just got nuked by Moraine, and that was it. Like, didn't really have anything interesting to do. So, Belal is last, and the most... No, Belthamel is, is Deshiva. Yeah, Belthamel. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Belal is last. Yeah. So, I gotta say, Lanfear is top for me, personally. Yeah, fair. Mm -hmm. Fair. And then the ones in the middle, just they're all kind of the same. Like, Robin, Samael, and... um. Robin and Smell the and same Grindel, thing. Grindel, they yeah. Don't, they don't, yeah, they unfortunately the one and don't. Uh, well, they don't achieve much, but I do think that, like, Robin at least, like, fucked shit up uh, enough in Camelin that it was a problem that Elaine had to deal with, and, like, that was, that was, like, an unfortunate, like, Robin's, set of circumstances. Robin's consequences were more interesting after Robin was gone than yes. while he was there. Yes, yeah. for sure. Um, uh, Demetrios says, okay, we're 12 plus one books in. Who's dying <laughs> in the last two books? Probably nobody. <laughs> Somebody's going to die. This was kind of the same as a question we got Rand? earlier where it's hard for me to know because I don't, like, no, like the arcs are not complete for, like, most of the people. Mm -hmm. I could see Tom dying. No, Tom and Moraine are going to be happily ever after. Sure. She's going to be sitting on those mustaches taking a ride. Sure. Uh, Garrett, no, mm -mm. I don't know. Yeah, I. Uh, Lifeline and Fool, thank you for that super chat. Thank you for the now super chat. Now that Matt and Tuan are in different zip codes, codes, do you think he'll find someone more suited to him? No, I think that Matt is a good man who's not going to cheat on his wife. 
Should he? Probably, but he's not going to because Matt was raised by a good man in the books. In the show, in the show books. Matt yeah, definitely yeah. cheats on Tuan. Yeah, 100%. That, that's the difference between show Matt and book Matt is that show Matt cheats on Tuan and book Matt does not cheat on Tuan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I 100% agree with that. Who's dying in the last two books? I could, honestly, I could see Matt dying. I could see it. I could understand it, you know. He's okay. like, you know what? I just don't want to be with that woman. So I, I, I'm going to sacrifice myself heroically so I don't have to be with Tuan for the rest of my life. I could see that and I would understand it. Fair. Or Tuan dies. Or Tuan. I could see Tuan dying, of that, course. That's yeah, fine that's by me. Uh, that is a good one, too. Definitely good with that. Ilzram asks, the showrunners have implied that just because we only saw eight Forsaken statues in the season one doesn't mean there'll only be eight in the show instead of 13. But if that turned out to be the case, which five would you cut? Bilal... I would mi- I would mix Robin and Samael into the same character. Fair. Uh, I would mix uh, Grendel and Mogidian into the same character because Grendel didn't fucking matter. Uh, I would mix uh, Semiraj and Masana into the same character because they're the same thing and Semiraj died like she did. Uh, so that's what, three gone. I would get rid of Bilal. Yeah. Uh, Agnor or Belthamel, but I wouldn't have both. Or just cut Agnor and Balthamel and just have Deshiva be a guy who dies and have Halima just be a dark friend. Um, huh. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would cut Agnor, Balthamel. It depends on if they... Samael, uh, Grendel, and it depends on if they want to get into the, like, woman in a man's body kind of thing. As to whether or not I think uh, Agnor gets cut. <laughs> That's going to be... Uh, they could just cut to... that whole concept and not want to do it. That's what I mean. They might yeah. just, because they don't want to have that conversation. Yeah, but those, that's why I would cut. Yeah. Uh, Ash says, how do you feel about Nynaeve and Rand's relationship in this book, especially compared to Rand's relationship with other characters? Uh, I don't know. It's not great. I hope it's better in the future. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that this change in Rand, the Veins of Gold, affects that relationship for the positive. I want more, more communication, please. Uh, now that you finished the book, how justified, if at all, do you think Nynaeve's actions and reactions are regarding Rand? I still think that, like, Nynaeve's responses felt very Nynaeve. I know you were frustrated with her, but I think that they're very true to her character. I think that if Nynaeve wants Rand to go, um, stop Land from killing himself, she shouldn't have dropped him in the middle of nowhere to go kill himself. I think that Nynaeve needs to take responsibility for her own part in that. Uh, and not expect Rand to bail her out uh, so you, from the decision that she made. You think Nynaeve should have, like, physically stopped Lan um, I think from that, doing what he wants? I think that Nynaeve should have pointed out the window when Lan went, I want to go be in the fight. And she should have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? Look outside. Where, where do you want to go fight the Trollocs? Because there's 100,000 of them right there. I think that all oh, that, that is the, the part that is the big. golden crane end of that chapter is fantastic. Yeah. It is. The lead up to it is kind of dumb. Yeah. It's, it's a little it's a little bit dumb on everybody's part because Land's motivations don't make sense. Yeah, I don't think it 100 percent works for me. Like I he's like, I gotta fight the dark one. And I'm like, yeah, that's what is happening right now. But, but and that's the problem is that if it, it should have been more geared towards the, um, the borderlanders are my people and I need to protect them somehow. No, because he wants to go do it by himself. Land just wants sure, to go actually. die. And so Nynaeve should have taken him through a gateway to Morel and gone, hey, give me the fucking bond so I can get rid of this dude's fucking sappy bullshit. That's what that scene should have been. Nynaeve can travel. Go get Land's bond. Why the fuck are we doing this still? 
You can travel. These characters can teleport yeah. and they never solve their own problems. Wait, didn't Morel get sent to the Black Tower or am I thinking someone else? I don't know where the fuck Morel is. You, and maybe that's the problem. You, we don't know where she Lan is. Land fucking knows where she is. That's true. You can teleport. Land deal with your problems. You, it would take an hour, maybe. The it bond, would maybe yeah. take an hour. The bond needs to be, like, Unbelievable. resolved. Uh, Joji, thank you for that super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, thanks go. for a good excuse to revisit the books. Also, Poe and Finn forever. Love that. Love Curious it. about Nerdy's opinion on Darth Jar Jar and or Chosen One Leia. Uh... I don't like the Chosen One Prophecy, uh, but I love Leia as a character, especially later Leia with, like, Bloodlines. If you've never read Bloodlines, very good book. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, there's a way you could look at the prophecy that Leia did it. I, I don't know. Yeah, you don't really like the prophecy in general, so... Darth Jar Jar is a very funny fan idea that would be the worst fucking thing. Like, even the people yeah. who think that they want it don't realize how bad it would be but i would watch that fan film in a fucking second yeah yeah yeah, exactly if it was a non-canon thing i'd be like let's fucking do it or but... if star wars had a show like um marvel's what if the darth jar jar episode would be fucking incredible that right would it would be funny. awesome i just if they ever tried to make that canon in any way i think the series would collapse we would never get another celebration again um it would destroy star wars i'm not joking the people who want it are trolls uh the people who think it's a funny idea are great there's a very there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It would be terrible. Yeah. But a what if, like a thirty minute what if episode about it? I would watch that. Watch that in a second. Watch I think it would be or or like one of those um the 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 Lego Halloween special they did last year. If one of the three stories in that had been the story of Darth Jar Jar, would have oh been fucking God. hilarious, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a place where you can have tell you that heard story. The tale just not of Darth Jar Jar the Wise. Yeah, it's just not in canon. Yeah. 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 No, that's fair. Light, um, light button full. Thank you so much for the super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Lan is so bad at dying, he couldn't kill himself if he tried. True. True. The pattern just wants him to succeed, you know? Um. Yeah. What's the next question? Uh, uh, we've got... Stone uh, Sinew yes. says, Who, what are you most nervous concerned about going into the last two books? Uh, I am most... I feel, like, I feel like this... I feel like this is just the same question as who do you think is going to die? Um, I feel like we've gotten, like, three versions of this question so far today. Yeah. And we've also talked about that we're really nervous about the Rand and Egwene interaction. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's... I am nervous. Yeah. Oh, something we haven't said already. I'm mm-hmm. nervous about Min because I feel like the glam who killed Herod Fell is going to be after her. If the Dark One finds out that Min is continuing Herod Fell's work, I'm worried that the Golam, the Golam after Herod Fell is going to be after Min. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have a way to fight it. Uh, what was the most surprising thing for you from this book? Things happened. It had a plot. It had a. Yeah, yeah. It had a. It had a novel long plot yeah. that was delivered in a way that had structure and pacing. I. It was shocking, frankly. Yeah, I. I was riveted. That like this book like like invigorated my my like. That feels so mean, but it is the truth. No, and, and like oh. we have acknowledged that Robert <laughs> Jordan has done some incredible stuff, but the slog was also hard. Yeah. Okay, and so this book was truly a breath of fresh air. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the most surprising thing, I guess. Lord Dice says, how do you think the reign of Aleda was affected by the week she spent influenced by Pat and Fane's corruption? It was so unimportant to that that I forgot that he did that. Yep. That never, that never came back. Yeah, forgot he was there, to be honest. That, yeah, no, you're right. That did happen. It didn't matter. It and, didn't and seem to, at A least. lot of Pat and Fane's stuff didn't matter. Like, Pat and Fane with Pedro Nile. What did that really do to Pedro Nile? Like, eh, that never really affected anything. No. 
not really. Padden Fane is the most interesting character whose Who's plot wasted. lines continuously just don't mean anything to the series. It's kind of sad, honestly, because he is a great character. Yeah. But like, what, what, what does, what, what, what is, what did Padden Fane do to Elena? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, forgot that that happened. To be honest. Is he still there? Maybe it hasn't. He hasn't been brought up in so long that I'm just like, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. What to, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, Dubai, Dobby, uh, one, two, three says, isn't high, low technically an insult sandwich since the insults are between the two slices of compliments? Shut up. <laughs> Look, the compliment sandwich is a concept where if you're going to say something mean, you fold it between two and the two compliments so that it comes across as easier. I didn't come up with the concept of the compliment sandwich. Somebody else did. You're right. Okay, you're right. But we're not changing the fucking name. We're not changing the way I introduce the segment. We're not doing that. No, that's fair. You are correct. Like, mm -hmm. technically. Like, you wouldn't call it a bread sandwich and then have roast beef in it. I get that. But fuck off. Okay? (laughs) Calm the fuck down. It's more of a... uh, I don't know. I will quit this podcast. Okay? I will fucking quit this podcast. Look... You can, you can bring up that I was bullied. You can make fun of the way that I look. You can say that I'm ugly without my beard. The third one, you are correct. But stop bringing up our segments and, like, bringing logic to them, okay? We that is the line. Logic here. That's the fucking line, kids. No logic. Oh, my God. Do we do smut in an actual corner? No, it's still the smut corner. Shut up. Could you imagine if we just, like, stood in the corner? To and just the- whispered into the wall. Yay. <laughs> We just took a mic with us so they could hear us. Or, yeah. That's the ASMR segment, actually. God damn it. Uh, no, well, that, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's an insult sandwich, all right? I've given Robert Jordan a bunch of insult sandwiches and he we have to. It. We have to start doing it opposite where we start and end with a negativity then. Uh, Shale says, back in the day, there were two prominent theories about Luce Theron's voice inside of Rand's head, the realist and the construct. They sparked a lot of debates. Even after the gathering storm, in short, the realist suggests that Luce Theron is a real and viable facet personality of Rand's soul, which mm-hmm. is... Mm, manifested which has manifested yep I was doing so well there I almost got I, I know that was that you, you're doing great but has and is I fucked up uh, manifested due to the taint the construct suggests that loose that the loose there in voice in and personality are not real yeah mm-hmm. and Rand emotionally stunted desperate to harden himself and receiving memories from the past has gathered those memories and created the LTT Loose Linus Tech Tips. Linus Tech um, Tips. Personality to hold them. Shout out to a great Canadian channel who doesn't need our shout out. They're mm, doing very well. Nah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could use a shout out from you though, Linus. If you could shout out our channel, that would be fucking amazing. We love you, Linus. Um, we do. We, I, I literally watch all of your videos. They're very good. Even <laughs> though I'm never going to buy anything that you talk about. I just it's like fine. to learn it's about fine. tech. Uh, uh, you jump into the time machine and go back to those times. Which side do you take and what are your three best or more arguing points about it? We know that's that's a, that's a different question. No, it's, it is the question... That is related to the answer, the, the information above it. Now that you've finished the Gathering Storm, you jump into the time machine and go back to those times. Which side do you take? And what are your three best three arguing points about it? Oh, I understand. Okay, sorry. That, uh, <laughs> I win again, Linus Tech Tips. <laughs> can't. Okay, oh my god, I can't. Um, I think that neither of those are correct. I think it's a mix of both. That's my point. Boom. Lawyered. Here's the thing. I I am still at a point. We had this discussion extensively last week. I am still at a point where the 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 veins of gold moment doesn't quite land for me, and I think I want to go like reread it a little bit. Um, because I, I I honestly like 
I wasn't fully in. And so I, I, I genuinely like, don't know how to answer that because I am not sure how things happened and what like what and how I feel about the things that did happen. Like it's still a bit muddy for me. Yeah, you know, like I, I like that chapter a lot. So um, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's fair that it, yeah, it can be both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sonic, Sonic, Sean. Take two. Thirty-four. I am the Schleich chick. Uh, with all that you know, wow, my uh, yeah, I'm. We're getting to the end of the show. My brain is stopping being great at reading. With all that you know, currently, how would you, as a hypothetical showrunner or magical book editor, change the story by cutting or consolidating plot lines to make a better one? That's too long a question for the end of the show. We will answer that later in a video by itself because that is something I. I do want to eventually do a, like, what I would have done season one video. We so, are going to be in. talking about that in, in alongside August. the show stuff. So yeah, we'll there get to will that be one, I promise. many videos dedicated to that question. It's a great question. Uh, with how much influence the Dark One has in the world, while still mostly sealed in the boar with only his small toe sticking out, do you view it as believable that people in the Age of Legends could have a prolonged war against him and his forces when he apparently wasn't mostly sealed away? I, dude, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're talking yeah. about like, the scope of things that, like, the, the Age of Legends doesn't really make sense to begin with. So, like, yeah. there was I, I, different I don't technologies know. and stuff. Like, they were they were doing some funky things back then. But like, were like the insides of helicopters moving around? Like, like I, I like the the Dark One's whole like I move the rooms around thing is so goofy to me. It's like it's fun, but I find it to be very silly, honestly. Yeah. When they're like, "Oh no, my bedroom's in a different part of the castle," and I'm like, "Sure, Got him. oh no, the dark one's so evil. Yeah, He's, he moved the bedroom." I do like that. Nynaeve had to make a gateway to get out of her room. I know that was very funny. I mean, to be fair, Leanne almost like died by like melting bars, right? So like, man. Yeah, the dark one's just the dark one's really like more uh, like a hazard than he is a danger. Just a safety hazard. The dark one is as dangerous as potholes at this point. So, like, I don't know. Wow. What? Am I wrong? Uh, do you think the wise ones should get some comeuppance for colluding with Cad Swain? Wow. Comeuppance for colluding with Cad Swain against Rand since they did it full force, unlike Min and Nynaeve, who only reluctantly allied with her due to lack of options. I think that they, the the consequences for them haven't come yet because I don't think Rand knows yet. But I think yeah. that once Rand finds out, there will be he's going to be pissed. I think the Aiel are all going to suffer because of that. Yeah, I think he's going to be upset. Unless Rand comes out with a different personality next book. We'll find out. But I don't think Rand knows how deeply the Aiel are working with Cat Swain yet. So I don't think the cat, the consequences should have happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ferdowoon, Smut Corner is a warning. Not safe for work is a warning in case you want to move this last. Oh, it, there, he's warning you that this is smutty. I, dude, we're, we're past the three hour mark on this one. I don't give a shit. <laughs> this I might... was going to say, there's only one other question and we can end with a smut one. Um, this might be comfort, my confirmation bias, but the smut corners have mostly been uh, lesbian or straight action, and with Robert Jordan's fascination with bosoms, I feel a bit left out as a gay man. He, there's not a lot of men who are with other men in this series. So, like, I don't want to add smut that doesn't feel like it's, con like, consensual within the world. And mm. so there's very few... I think we did we did have the, like, Black Tower orgy with the Tame and all of his people. We did do that one. You know, so I... But I, I think that that's, that's fair, that there's not a lot of men who are all together. Rand is surrounded by women. Yeah, like, totally. Like, Rand is surrounded by women and is in a... Like, we haven't done a lot of smut corners where Rand fucks people who aren't his three people because we don't create smut corners where Rand cheats. 
we have weird rules for Smut Corner. That we're we like, didn't even talk about. We will... Oh, no, I know. But you and I are the same. We're like, we won't create people cheating. We don't, like, try and stray people too far away from their stated sexualities within the books very often. Unless it's group stuff. And then it's, like, goes bananas. And then it's fucking, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like, on and honestly, Smut Corners have gotten harder throughout the books. Like, it was so much... Yes. We, we did a lot weirder Smut Corners in the beginning because there wasn't sexy stuff. But then the books kind of got sexy. And so it's, like, weird for us to be, like, and also these people fuck in this chapter where these people definitely fuck. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, MD Neal uh, says, Nerdy, please don't chat. give up on your writing aspirations. Google the name James Oliver Rigney Jr. Why would I Google Robert Jordan? Is that Robert Jordan? Isn't that his real name? I have literally no idea. Uh, but Neil, thank you for that super chat. I, he's I'm not write crazy, that. right? If Robert Jordan is James Oliver Rigney Jr. I'm not making that up. I genuinely have no idea. But trust me, Nerdy's book is going to get written. He's got this, like, cool thing, and I I want to read it, so y'all are going to have to as well. No, I just need to actually, like, get over the, like, fear of putting it out in the world. Well, and also have the time to, you That's know. That's true, too. Uh, the, the time that I was going to put into writing my book this year is all going into the relay. Um, and the world, I, the whole fucking world I built for the relay. Like, that's writing. I built yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. You just will, will put it under a pen name, so. Yeah, I know, I know who James Oliver Rigney Jr. is. I didn't know. We've been reading, we, we've been reading the Well of Time for a year and a half. You didn't know his name was fucking James no, Oliver Rigney Jr.? No, because it says Robert Jordan on it. Oh, my God. You need to go on the internet. I uh, trust in people. In the internet. Okay? Oh, my God. I trust people. I love you thought you were going to get me. I thought you were like, I'm going to teach this motherfucker oh. something. I know. I was there when the, the dark secrets were written. You can't teach me things. I know the answers to the um, test. I test well. I had a great score on my SATs. It's the only reason I got into universities in the States because my grades in high school were not good because uh, I did not care. Uh, Y'all, we need you to vote for the chapter split for this book because apparently it's like very close. So you need to go and, and vote for go that vote. so that we can announce the chapters. <laughs> Please. So how do we think, this is Ferdinand's question. So how do we think the guys rank between each other? Is Rand proportional with being six foot four tall? Oh, I think Rand has a big dick for sure. Um, is Perrin sporting a proper two-handed blacksmith's meat hammer? For Fayilsik, I hope not because she's not that large. That's, that would be that would be a lot, yeah. Is Lan a shower carrying a thin but long thing to show he's a proper master of it? No, Lan's got girth. Lan's got a rapier. Lan, no, Lan's got girth. All right, if you say so. Lan is breaking Nynaeve up. Well, actually, no. Lan can't have too big a dick. Because he's fucking Nynaeve in the morning, and then she's going about her business. Oh, that's true. So it, in order for her to be, like, up and about, he can't be, like, swinging, like... No, because uh, you can't take, like, an hour to warm up. Like, there's yeah, shit that yeah, has yeah, to get yeah. done throughout the day. So so I, I'm going to say Lan is working with, like, seven inches. Seven's still big. Yeah, but not too... I, I don't think he's too girthy, but I'm I think go, it's, like, seven. I'm going to I'm say Lan's got, like, a... I think Perrin's a coat Five can. to six incher. Oh, God. Perrin's a coat can. It's, it's like, five, but it's thick. And Fayil, uh is mostly on top because she needs to control it. Because, like, if he just pounded her out, she'd be done for a week. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you know who I think has small dick energy a little bit is Matt. I think Matt's working with, like, think, yeah. not the biggest dick. But... But he, he, like, he practices. But he's also not great with it. I know. I don't think Matt, I don't think Matt gets people off. That's sad. I think Matt, Matt's, Matt's got a, like, 50-50 rate on how often the woman he's with comes. Hmm. Whereas Lan, 100%. Lan and Nynaeve had never had sex where Nynaeve didn't finish. I don't think Matt can say the same. No, no, I think that's fair. Perrin yeah. and Fayil have 100% success rate, but it's not because of Perrin. 
it's because Fayil makes sure that it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Fayil's yeah, yeah. like, you are not leaving until I come. Like, and that's Rand not... has magic. Yeah, that Rand has magic. That's true. Colonel I... Sanders, I think it's adorable that you think that Matt goes down on women. <laughs> Matt, Matt has about as much um, respect has... for Cunnilingus as DJ Khaled does. Matt kind of has like fuckboy energy. Oh, a thousand like, percent. He's yeah. hot, but it's like, I don't know if I would do that again. You know, I did it once. This is fine. Once upon a time, a friend of mine had sex with another friend of mine. And she did it because he had an insane six-pack. And she was like, I've never had sex with someone whose body is that nice before. Mm. I want to try it. Yeah. And then the next day we hung out and she was like, it was not great. Uh, He mostly tried to, like, he's a personal trainer. And she was like, it was like getting, like, personal trained at sex. I did not come and it was not good. And I think that that's what Matt's sex life is. Matt Matt's luck helps him get women into bed. But uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Matt gets lucky, but that doesn't mean that he's good at it. Right, unfortunately. right, right. Of course. Because he always gets lucky. So he's never had to like really put in the work. 60% right? of the time, they orgasm every time. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, Matt. Matt's just Matt's just got his luck. That's all. Yeah, Matt gets lucky. But I, I just, I don't picture Matt being the guy who loves to go down on women. You know, um, you know who's got who's just swanging. Who? Rodel Etralde. Oh, massive, <laughs> massive. It's just it is. B-B-E. It is so big. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like if you want the gay sex in this series, it's gonna be the soldiers. The women aren't there. Probably. Although Robert Jordan does make a point to be like, don't worry, every army traveling has a bunch of women there to fuck. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we have one more question. Josh Simcoe, in my opinion, this book had a major change of pace in a good way. How realistic do you think it is for the series to wrap up neatly with only two books left? Very realistic. Yeah. This series is running out of steam fast, and they need to get to the end. Well, I think I think that this like th- this this book was a jump start to it. Like I was like, oh, I see where the pacing can be. I see I see how the structure of this can can work. Like this this is going places in a good 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 way. Because it's pointing towards an ending. Yes. That there there isn't a lot of runway left for this story. Mm-hmm. Like Rand has done everything. Like like Rand has cleansed the taint, merged the two halves of himself. There there isn't a lot of there's not a lot more this character can do. Yeah. He is side quested up. Rand did all the side quests first, and he's going into the final boss. Rand has all of his powers. He has ca- the, the, the he has Calendor like. The, the the runway of Rand not fighting the last battle is was tapped out a few books ago. Honestly, I was sick of hearing about the last battle like three books ago. This series has not done enough to give me things to get interested in. I need the the the, the steam's gone. I need them to be pointed towards the last yeah. battle, and they are. This book did a good job of doing that. Yes, that's but fair. That's fair. There's not four or five more books in this series. No, no, no. For a reason. It's exhausted. Like I would be exhausted. For a reason. Yeah. They, they they've kind of you know it. The, the slog kind of feels like the runway in Fast 8, Fast 7, or no, Fast 6. Mm-hmm. At the end of Fast 6, where, like, the plane is taking off for a fucking hour and a half. Mm-hmm. We're, we're at the end here. Yeah. And we, we've, we've got to do it. It's good. And I'm happy we're at the end. I want to be at the end. We, but we, but, but we're, I also but don't we're want there. it to end. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird. There's a weird, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we're, we're, at, we're, we're like, we've, we've done all the things. We're, we're good. Yeah. It uh, looks like Dakuna's. Snuck a little last question in there. You're allowed. You're allowed because you're the mom. Dakuna, you little shit. <laughs> we forgot to close this. I realized. No, no, it's closed. Only the mods can access No, because um, Josh, oh, that, that was at 12.27 today. Not, and then they got, yeah. Not PM, AM. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just snuck it in there. Who or what do you think the dark one is? 
Claris Polaris. Final fight. Oof, boof, it's the final boof, boof. countdown. Uh, Daniel Jennings is the dark one. Uh, with his super jets. Daniel Jennings. The guy was insulting us earlier by giving us his money. I forgot his name. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was about as competent as any of the Forsaken. So, um... Fair. Uh, Fair. I don't know. I don't know what the dark one is. I maybe it's also loose there in Telamon at this point. Like they're like, oh my god, it's a dark mirror of Rand. It was me. Bella. I am the dark one. It's Bella. Fuck off. That is slander. Have y'all seen the Build a Pony art for Magic the Gathering? I want that card so bad. It's pretty fucking cool. I want that Build a Pony card, and yeah. that's a good way to end our show. Uh, if you like the video, like and subscribe to the channel. If you don't, hit the dislike button. Leave me in comments down below because the algorithm god is hungry, and we must feed her. We'll do that after. This episode, the algorithm goddess is. Fuck you. <laughs> you can follow me. I'm at Nerdy Nightly. I'm at Clarice Ballard. Leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Claris is now going to read the beginning of the next book. The prologue! I'm sorry, that's aggressive. <laughs> you okay? No. Okay. My feelings have been hurt today. I'm, I'm emotionally devastated because oh, Daniel no. Jennings gave me 30 bucks to say that I was bullied, a thing that I've revealed publicly and I'm not embarrassed about. We have a really rough life. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so sad. Um, okay. The prologue starts with distinctions. Cool. Mandarb's hooves beat a familiar rhythm on broken ground as Lan Mandragorin rode toward his death. I was right. The Towers of Midnight are the towers of the fucking Malkyrie. I was fucking right, chat. I was fucking right. Might, Suck yeah. on my medium average size penis. <laughs> Do something nerdy tonight. And thank you to our mods. <laughs> Yes, thank you mods. Go buy our merch and uh, buy Sedai merch. All, all, all that stuff. Uh, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>